All right, Holman, uh, what are you pouring over there? What? <laughs> what does it say? Chicken something on there? Uh, this is uh, chicken cock. Uh, this is Island Rooster, which is a, a good one. Now, I've poured you a uh, a, a shot of it. Uh, all right, what are we doing? Are we uh, shooting it? Are we we are. I think we're sipping. I don't know if I can uh, shoot this thing. Are you going to? Oh, he's sucking it down. Damn. Wow. I'll try. That wasn't harsh at all. No? All right, let, let, let me try here. Oh, he's... Oh, oh. He's, oh, he's Woo! got the shakies. Woo! Wow. You breathing fire yet? Wow. That is, uh, that's that's mean. That's got a bite. This doesn't have a bite. What are you talking about? Why is it a bit? I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's got it. some flavor to it. This here is uh, only 95 proof. Holy shnikes. I'm that's not going to make it through this show. Uh, how much do you think? I probably put three times in my glass what you have in your little shot there. You're a professional. I'm not a professional. You are a professional. I don't drink whiskey and bourbon. Oh, it's so good. Wow. I mean, it smells good, but it tastes Yeah, this just was done like, in rum barrels, so it's finished crap. in rum barrels. I love the smell, but the taste is just, I'm not accustomed to it. Mm. It's nothing like the sour beers that I like. Hold on. Here we go. All right. Holy crap. Let me just uh, down uh, some Dr. Pepper afterwards. Here I go. You can't have a Dr. Pepper mm. chaser after having good whiskey? I just did. Yeah. <sighs> It's the Truck Show Podcast. How you guys doing? It's uh, episode season whatever we are at. <laughs> this is episode 18, season two. Wow, maybe I shouldn't start the show with uh, giving you some uh, rye whiskey. Now, I'm not already drunk, but I will end up there at some point. I'm awake now. All right, so we're going to be checking in with a gentleman named Randy Fredericks. You don't know Randy unless you live in Tampa, Florida, but Randy owns... What will soon be one of the most famous mini trucks on the planet called Two... Legit to quit. Nope. Uh, live <laughs> crew. Two... <laughs> no, you like what you live no. crew reference? Uh, was that 1990-ish? I think some of the younger listeners don't know who you're talking about. Listen, uh, you know what's funny? This is the, this... the truck is called Two Ballistic, FYI. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. About, about who cares about trucks right now. So I had this really... <laughs> no, this is serious. It's the truck show podcast. I, I, get, I get it. There's plenty of time talking about trucks. Okay. I had this really interesting conversation with my daughter the other day. Mm. So my older daughter is super into music, super loves vinyls and the 60s and 70s and was talking about music class and how she was like, what are your favorite, most influential albums of all time? Or She was asking you she was, this? Yeah, because it was an exercise in class. So it was an interesting conversation. She's 15. She'll be 16 in a few months. And we're driving, and she's like, you know, for me, it's the Beatles. And it's so-and-so. She names a few bands off, and they're wholesome, and they're, they're, they are major milestones. And I said, okay, are you talking about the best album, your favorite album? Or are you talking about... Something influential. She goes, well, the... Or know, something that was critically acclaimed. It was influential. So I said, all right, I'm going to... And this is probably not appropriate for a 15-year-old. But I felt like because we were talking about music, she had to be at least, what do they say, uh, tertially aware of of what where I'm going. Okay. So I said, this is probably not the popular choice, but I will stand by it. You did not say two life crew. NWA. Straight out of Compton. That is, you can't argue with that. And the reason for that, as you well know, is that had a landmark Supreme Court case for the First Amendment. And that's what started all the parental advisory lyric stickers and was all that Was that before two life crew? Because um, I think two life crew had the same issue because it was so foul. Yeah. That so many women were so upset well, every, about that Well, album. everything. I mean, if you cannot do, you know, Steven Spielberg came out this week and said, I never should have t- re-edited uh, E.T. without the guns. 
because music and movies should stand on their own for the time period they represent. In fact, I just saw that a Full Metal Jacket was uh, re-released and remastered in, in uh, HD, mm-hmm. uh, 4K. Don't tell oh, me they took my. out the part where he shot himself. No, no, no. no. They okay. rem- the whole thing is 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 remastered the way, but it's beautiful. And that movie is crazy. And and there are things that are not socially appropriate by today's standards, I guess you could say, right? But it stands for the time it represented, and and straight out of Compton with NWA also stands that ground of it was a revolutionary album. When it came out, it pushed all the boundaries. You couldn't have a more influential album than that album at that moment in time, regardless of how you feel about it. You may hate it. You may hate the music. You may hate the the substance. You may hate the you know the the, the vibe or or any of that stuff. It doesn't matter. The fact is that that took the entire music industry in a new direction. So this, to me, that was sort of this conversation we had, which I thought was kind of interesting. And uh, so we kind of argued back and forth on a few different and bands. And was she familiar with no, uh, no. the NWA? She was album? not. I, I w- and I wouldn't expect her to be, but um, I think she might have been mortified. Well, that's where the why wouldn't she be? Because she, she, she's going back to the Beatles, which, by the way, were, were they were druggies well, and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, they weren't that wholesome. We think they were wholesome. Well, you know, some people do, but they weren't. Compared to, you know, <laughs> to, compared to uh, NWA, NWA, I don't know. You're, wait maybe a minute. What, the time period. I what don't makes know. You, the guys in NWA were doing? They're smoking a lot, of, a ton of weed, and maybe they're slinging, shooting crack people, and stuff, and shooting people. Allegedly, I'm not. We, well, then you think of everybody who came out of NWA, right? Doctor Dre yeah, did doc, not go on to any. Kind yeah, of don't fame. worry about Ice Cube or Doctor Dre. They mean nothing <laughs> to the to the industry, right? Right. I mean, there's some. It's not only like this. This was. I don't want to use the word super band. They weren't a super band, but. The fact that they spun off into amazing careers in their own right is pretty phenomenal, and it wasn't just one of them, right? I mean, it, it that to me that took the the industry by storm. So there, anyway, that was a interest, and this conversation happened in a pickup truck. Fair enough. What pickup truck? Uh, the uh, Titan XD that's <clears throat> out in my driveway. Yeah, I saw that. It was still sitting there. Huh? Very interesting that huh? it's still there, and a lot, uh, lot more miles and, on and, it. And Lightning has not driven it yet. Hmm. Huh. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> Did you say we had somebody call at some point? Yeah, we're going to be talking to Randy Fredericks, owner of Two Ballistic. So Two Ballistic is about to be one of the most, uh, I, I, I think if he gets some press on, well, where is he going to get press? There is no mini truck and magazine anymore. No, yeah, there's still who's magazine gonna, classic trucks out there, right? Yeah. I mean, there's still a few. Yeah, I guess like he's going to be up to the internet. I don't know. Truck do, Show do, Podcast? Truck Show Podcast. And do kids care about mini trucks? I don't know that it's come full circle well, yet. They're not, who cares? they're not cool like the Japanese yeah, car but scene, who cares, you know? Who cares if kids care about it? You just care if anybody cares about it. You want the people who could actually appreciate it and afford it. If kids care about it, great. But who cares? Do I have a feeling you're going to care about his truck, Mr. Holman? Uh, more or less than I care about the uh, Titan XD. I think... Ooh, that's a tough one. Maybe a little bit less because the, the Titan XD is something that you have in your driveway and you can, yeah, can take it out every to day? the desert. Exactly where you Which I will be can't... this weekend. So, so my dad and I are heading out to our yearly man trip. This is like year fifty three of this thing, or something like that. Okay, three generations go out there, and we we we're doing our our, our thing. And now this is where you own a plot of land out in the desert, and you have mining no, no, no. rights. It's a mining claim. We and, don't own it. It's still right. BLM okay, land. Okay, so whatever. You have a mining yeah, claim, uh-huh. but you like you just you're sifting through dirt. It's not like a cool thing where you're panning for gold. We do pan for gold. How do you think you take it out of the uh, dry washer? We have a giant big swimming pool there, and, and where's the and river? You pan where, for gold. Really? So you're yeah. just where you just digging it out of the ground? Dig it out of the ground. It goes through the dry washer. You take the 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 uh, 
with the dry washer as put in the riffles, and then you dump them into a, a bucket, and you bring the bucket over the pan of water in front of the big uh, water uh, tub thing, and you pan right there. And who's got all this equipment? It's just sitting out there? No, the guys. What? Who's, who's well, the guys? My, my dad's friends. So I was going to take the Jeep, but I'm taking the XD now because, A, I have the XD, and my dad and I normally cook like 25 ribeyes of maybe 30 for uh, Saturday night dinner. And my dad's like, hey, do you think we could uh, do a brisket out there this year? And I'm like, yeah, I got room for the smoker. I would just take the truck. So huh. now it's morphed into we're taking the Titan out there because I bring my smoker and all the stuff I need. And we're going to smoke a brisket in the middle of the desert for our group. That's pretty cool. You could not do that with your other vehicles. No, I, I uh, you know, the Wrangler doesn't have enough room for a. What do you got to put on you know, top? Four foot <laughs> high smoker and all that stuff. So uh-huh. throwing it in the uh, in the XD and all of our camping gear and got the shift pods all dried out from the rain and uh, we're we're uh, we're ready to go. So uh, anyway, uh, so what when when do I show up? You can show up uh, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, or Sunday. Although Sunday's probably not going to be very fun because we're going to be uh, cleaning up and then I have to hit a red eye. To Detroit. I've asked you for directions and a, and a date for this thing before, and uh, strangely, I don't get. You don't think you're available yeah. this weekend? Yeah, yeah. I also was not invited, but you weren't available, so it wouldn't have mattered anyway. You don't know that. You didn't I, ask. I, I pretty sure huh. that you said you're waxing your my back. Sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, moving right along. Uh, all right. Well, if you need a, a truck that can haul your uh, smoker mm-hmm. out to the desert so that you can uh, cook delicious uh, briskets. Oh God! What is this stuff I'm drinking again? It's rye whiskey. Rye whiskey. Woo-hoo. Do you want me here? Do you need something more subtle? No. Uh, no, right. I'm good. I was going to introduce you to the Jefferson's uh, very small batch. Oh, the very Ocean. small batch. Yeah, because that would be something that I think would be a little less harsh on you. I think I had some of that when I was at uh, Florida Truck Meet. Tummy Tums. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Uh, keep going. Talk about Nissan. Whatever. Yeah, you're yeah. Doing. yeah. Nissan Titan. Take yeah. it, uh, smoker out to the desert. You got. And I mean, it's got Titan boxes. I put all my guns in there because you know how when you bring guns to the desert. They don't. You really want them in the cab because your cab has other stuff, and your ammo in California. There's rules about ammo separate. Sure, and and the Titan boxes are lockable. They're lockable, so I'm going to put all my long guns in the uh, in the Titan boxes. So it's perfect. That's a great use for it. Then I've like I've, like I said, I've got all all my gear. So we're going to go out there. If uh, you need a truck that's capable of uh, getting loaded up and going on an adventure, I highly recommend the uh, Titan Pro 4X 4x4, or in my case, the uh, Titan XD Platinum Reserve, which will have uh, all the luxuries. While we uh, head on out to the desert, and what would uh, what would happen if you rolled into a Nissan dealer with a long gun and said, "I'm just curious if it'll fit in here"? That'd they be freak? Oh, hopefully it would be um, an awesome experience. They'd be like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> hold on, how long is it? Let's let's try it out." Uh, that's, I mean, that's my people right there because Nissan's so awesome. They would get it. Listen, they you know Nissan owners go hunting. They get it. You need a place for your guns. It's perfect. Okay, so I'll put all my stuff in there, and it's lockable, and I'm good to go. So uh, if you need a, a Nissan Frontier, a Nissan Titan, a Nissan Titan XD, head on down to your local Nissan dealer or uh, head to the website. You can build and price at nissanusa.com. And if you've got a diesel pickup truck, maybe a half ton, a three-quarter, one ton, and you're looking for better performance and better fuel economy, whether it's a Ford, a Ram, or GM Chevy. Can you say that? What? Is it proven? Better fuel economy? I am allowed to say better fuel economy, but I cannot give like 3 MPG, 4 Mm. MPG, 6.2 MPG, whatever it is. So what you're really trying to say is it's more efficient. It is more efficient. It all depends on how you drive. And it all depends on what parts you're bolting onto what truck. But if you're curious about how you can improve your Chevy, your GMC, your Ram, your Ford, your EcoDiesel, head over to BanksPower.com, type in your year, make, and model. Look at the Monster Rams, Ram Air Intakes, Intercoolers, Boost Tubes, iDash, Pedal Monster, Throttle Booster, Derringer Tuner, and so much more. Head over to BanksPower.com to find out how they can make your rig more efficient. 
All right, well, now that you uh, know how to optimize your truck and its powertrain, you probably need some better suspension. So I'm going to... Nice tie in there. Thank you. So I'm going to uh, refer you over to BillsteinUS.com because Billstein is the original innovator of the monotube shock, and most of their shocks are made right here in the United States in Stowe, Ohio, if you didn't what? know that. Yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, Billstein has something for you guys out there who have a daily driver and you got blown out shocks. Or if you have towing and you need more control, or if you're an off-roader and you want sublime off-road performance to soak up all those uh, terra firma undulations. That's funny because I actually saw terra firma undulations at uh, the Troubadour. They were playing a <laughs> crazy you? loud set. Uh-huh. Oh, it was wild because the drummer got pissed off and just walked so off that's halfway a band name? the set. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually like... Uh, Righteous Bypass. That's my favorite band. Did they oh. open up for uh, Terra Firma Undulations? No, the uh, uh, Dual Monotubes were the... Oh, dual Monotubes. Uh, dual Monotubes, wow. yeah. That's, that's They were awesome. like the... Uh, well, they, Go they, figure. They were unannounced. No, really? Yeah, they just came, They started riffing. Like, they didn't even have an... Well, the, let me guess. It was super smooth. Yep. All right, well, if you're looking for a shock solution for your ride... You definitely want to pick up Bill Steins. I use them on my vehicle, and uh, I got them too, dude. I get some black hockey squares. All right. Well, how do you like those things, by the way? Loving them. Like mm. I seriously love it. I'm constantly impressed by how much control you have in that damn truck because of those shocks. It's they did a really nice job. They sure did. So again, it's uh, BillSteinUS.com for your uh, monotube shock needs. So when I'm romping in the TRX off-road and I don't want to get lost, Holman, what do I do? Want to go to uh, onxoffroad.com or head to the App Store on your Google or Apple device and download the Onyx Off-Road Map app. It is built for adventure, has everything you need from landowner details to trail open dates, weather forecasts. It's all in one app that's designed specifically for off-roaders. What if I want to display it on my big-ass 12-inch screen? Well, uh, Onyx Off-Road is compatible with both CarPlay and Android Auto. It features thousands of off-road trails, public and private land info. You can save your maps for offline use in case you don't have cell service. You can customize it with markups. You can track, save, and share trips. And check this out. There's a brand new feature that I love, and that is Route Builder. It's a new game-changing feature either in the app or on your browser. It's a simple way to draw up and plan a trip and then share it with your friends. So, Lightning, if I'm going to the desert, I could send you, if I wanted to, but directions you won't, you won't. and the trip so you that you wouldn't. could have it the night before and, and study. And I have Onyx Off-Road, and you still wouldn't send it to me. Well, then maybe you need to build a trail and then send it to me for us to go on, and you can mm-hmm. surprise me. What would be funny is if I designed a trip and you went on, and you came huh? back, and you realized the shape I sent you on. I think uh, by zooming out, I would uh, realize that right <laughs> away. The new route builder is available to both premium and elite members. You can subscribe online. Being prepared is all about having the right tools, and when I go on adventures, I use Onyx Off-Road. So do I. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We have the lowered and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline. The truck show, the truck show, the truck show. Oh, oh. It's the truck show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. Oh, 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 it's another show. Oh, please turn your podcast off or you'll hear us talk. Uh, it's been a long time since we've talked mini trucking. What? Let's call Randy Fredericks out there in Florida. You don't like the way I say it? <laughs> what cartoon character? Florida. That was, uh... I don't know. It's no, it reminds me of somebody. Florida. <laughs> weird. Okay. Just, just call the man. Florida. 
Hello. Randy, Lightning and Holman, Truck Show Podcast. How you doing? Good, sir. How are you? Fantastic. So there's two of us. You got Lightning, me, and Holman. Say hi. Hi. <laughs> there's there's two of, are, are you are you driving because you're an over-the-road trucker, correct? Yes, sir. I drive for, uh, I don't big. let's say Big Brown. Big so, Brown, oh, yeah. Okay. So uh, what are you hauling right now? Some ass? <laughs> yeah, definitely hauling ass for sure. <laughs> so, we are in Ohio heading to Kansas. Nice. What, what do you drive? Uh, tractor trailer. I, I know. We're, we're, so the reason we ask is we're big Peter Peterbilt uh, long nose. Long yeah, nose. the UPS doesn't have oh, long nose. Yeah, they have like Cascadias no. or something. Yeah, we did. We had one of those, and they, they put us in an international. And let me tell you something. This is the biggest POS drunk <laughs> ever. Sorry. It's all good, bro. Like I said, the last one we had, we had a Cascadia, like you said, and that truck was awesome. We put over 700,000 miles of no issues. This one we got with 200 miles on it, and it's rattling. I mean, it's just the biggest piece. I wouldn't recommend one of these ever. Do you do you have any say in this decision uh, or not? You just get the driver to give you. The company goes, here's your keys, dude. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. But they don't give a shit about us, to be honest with you. <laughs> oh, have you ever thought about jumping sides to those other guys, or are they just as bad? No, uh, I would imagine they're just as bad. I've been here 29 years, so I've got too much time invested here. Oh, you have to stay because... Uh, UP, yes, UPS benefits wise and retirement is really solid. Oh. He, he didn't say UPS. Oh, I, I mean, I mean, Big Brown. Sorry, sorry. You just uh, it's all the same. He'll bleep I me mean, out. If you guys say I can. <laughs> no, if you can, if I can say UPS, I'll say UPS. Like I said, I've been here 29 years, man. I've been here way too long. So when you're driving over the road in your uh, crappy international and it's all rattly and stuff, please tell me you have like a 1980s headset. That weighs about eight pounds. That covers one ear and has like the Britney Spears mic in front of your mouth. It's the Burger King special, right? <laughs> <laughs> You're exactly right, sir. I do have that on right now as we speak. Nice. Okay. The reason we're calling you, I think we is all to know, talk about being an over-the-road trucker. Th- Duh. That that, that true. No, there you go. Right. <laughs> he owns what could be the coolest modern yet old mini truck on the planet. Called Two Ballistic. Like it. We need to hear the story behind it. First, can you tell us about the magazine cover truck on mini trucking that stole your heart? Uh, actually, uh, that would be 1993 was on the cover. Ah. Pat Nichols Ballistic, beautiful truck, 15 uh, inch Ron Alls, you know, painted the Porsche raspberry color. And it's actually one of the, it was the first body drop truck on the cover of mini trucking. So wait, they were all just uh, they were just just suspension drops prior to that. Prior to that, yes, sir, yes, sir. That was the very first body drop cover truck on Mini Trucking Magazine. Not saying it was the first one done, but it was actually the first one on the cover. And we're gonna we're gonna not fact check you on that. And we're gonna go with it. Do we have any idea no. who the uh, the blonde chick is on the cover? Because uh, I have. She's she's uh, that that cover still ages well. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. That I have no idea who she is. Real political uh, way of asking a really dumb question. <laughs> uh, yeah, her assets still, uh, still easy. look good today. Yes. Easy. All right. yeah. As easy. HR for the Truck Show podcast, I have to tell you, yeah. easy. Okay, so then, uh, Randy, that truck that was on the cover, you said of 94, apparently... No, 93. Was, I'm sorry, sorry. 93 was dismantled, yes, right? It was taken apart... I guess no one knows where it is today. What what do you what else do you know about that particular Toyota? 
uh, that particular Toyota, it well, it started its life out as a black standard cab Toyota. I talked to Pat Nickel, the owner of that, once I started this idea of recreating that iconic truck, and he gave me his blessing. And from what I know, that thing has been cut up and put in dumpsters. I mean, there's a few little parts floating around here and there, but that's about it. And actually, that was what I was going to ask you is, is if you got the okay from the original builder to, uh, to make your tribute truck to that bad boy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I reached out to him and told him I had this idea. Like I said, I've been having me and uh, my buddy Tim Gilbert, his brother Todd Gilbert, we've known each other for 25 plus years. And we'd always thought, hey, man, why hasn't anybody made a real, you know, real period correct tribute truck? To that truck and there was one gentleman that did it it was a standard cab when it was it, it had two variations it had the raspberry and then it went like a california safety orange and it was in the sound stream ad i don't know if you guys remember that or not but mm, no. um yeah a gentleman made a recreation of that to me my opinion it wasn't very correct he took too many liberties just my opinion now you know and uh i just that truck is so iconic, the, the raspberry color. I think there's only one way to do that truck, and that's in raspberry. All right, and, so before uh, you, before, Randy, before you tell us about the specifics of the truck, we got to play a quick intro, so don't move. Truck tales, truck tales and fails. Truck tales, truck tales, truck tales and fails. Are you still working on that old truck, man? You stupid schmuck. Oh, yes, I will. I'll get her up and running, and then I'll cruise by, and I'll come a-revin'. So come on, then, and finish it up. I want to hear what it took to build this truck. Well, the truck is done in all its glory. Come on, sit down. I'll tell you the story. Truck tales and fails. <laughs> One of our worst jingles. Truck tales. <laughs> I think it's uh, the longest one we have. You think he's sitting down right now to tell us a story? <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> so, okay, you start on this adventure 10 years ago in collecting parts. Yes. I, uh, I had been collecting parts over 10 years to build this truck. And then uh, right around 2018, 19, I had reached out to, because to me, that truck is the color and then the wheels, right? The, the Ronald R9s is an iconic wheel. Um, I contact BAD to do a Ronald R9. He says, sure. He does a CAD drawing, and then I don't hear anything from the gentleman ever again. So I kind of got discouraged and, and contacted Michael over at Colorado Custom and said, hey, I want to do this. Are you willing to do this? And he said, absolutely. I said, well, I'm going to send you a, I had an NOS brand new Ronald R9. Oh, wow. I said, I'm going to send you, yeah, and the center cap. I said, I'm going to send you that. And I want you to make it exactly like that wheel, not kind of, sort of, or it looks like. I said, I'm not going to spend this kind of money and get a wheel that doesn't resemble what I want. So it it kind of no reminds you it. for the for people who who are wondering what the wheel looks like. It's like a it's a it's a very traditional five spoke, but it has like if you look at the stars, it's a star pattern five spoke. The edges of it are chamfered down, so they like stair step down, kind of like a half an inch openings. or so down, right? Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's even that much. And then it's got the lug nuts rather than being recessed like in a lot of wheels. 
they're actually the the what houses the lug nuts or where the studs go through is actually raised on the wheel, and it almost reminds you of like a an old mag from like a Italian race car, like a Ferrari or Lamborghini or something like that. It's, it's a it's a, it's a wheel that looked good on almost anything, and you could get them in gold and chrome. You could get them in polished. I, I think you could even get them just in like a, a, a silver paint too. And they were on all sorts of stuff, and they looked good on everything. I saw them a lot polished and white for whatever reason. Yeah, why I remember yeah. whites? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, you could also get them. You would see them on Mercedes AMGs, or you would also see them on uh, Fox Body Mustangs. Oh yeah, I didn't oh, think about that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now yep. you went one step further and you carried that pattern over to the steering wheel, correct? Correct. I had at first he and uh, Michael made the steering wheel first, and I had got COVID. And I was and and let me explain this. I had got COVID and was almost died. I was in the hospital, and this is what type of business or person Michael is at Colorado Custom. He called me just to see how I was doing because he hadn't heard from me in a while because I'd touch base with him. He's like, oh, we're getting on the wheels and, you know, just, you know, it would just draw on and on and every month I'd call him, hey, you getting on the wheels? Hey, you getting on the wheels? And finally, he called me and said, hey, I haven't heard from you in a while. See how you're doing. I said, well, I actually, I'm in the hospital. I almost died with COVID. He goes, well, I've got your steering wheel done and we're doing, we're starting the wheels now. And please and like don't said, die before ordered- you pay me. <laughs> No, absolutely, absolutely, right? <laughs> but yeah, he's a stand-up guy, man. I couldn't, I couldn't ask for a better company to deal with, as far as that goes. And uh, yeah, those wheels are dead on, exactly to the to the wheel. And you said what size were they? Seven, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen? No, 17s? no uh, the original ones on on the on the original ballistic were fifteens, right? And then I went a step more. I did eighteen by sevens. You know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of our, our buddy, uh, Matt, um, the motorator. Um, oh, D'Andrea. D'Andrea, and he has that on his F-150 Lightning, which originally came with 15s, and I think on his truck, aren't they 18s or something like that? He had the, basically that Lightning wheel replicated in, in billet, and he upsi- upped the size on him. Which I really thought cool. he went even bigger. I could it be, might be They might be 20s, yeah. but same kind of deal. I love when somebody takes a classic wheel and then scales it up because you still get the flavor of the original, but you still have like you've still brought it into into this uh, modern you know Era. century. Yeah, yeah, sure. Absolutely. And if you look behind the front wheels, I did uh, Willwood six piston big brake kit in the front, and then a single Willwood. piston in the rear. Hmm. Never heard of yeah, that. I have more. <laughs> I have more pistons in my calipers than in my motor. Which is sad. <laughs> we uh, we have a good relationship with the guys at Willwood. We absolutely uh, love the product. Yeah, in, in the oh, last in, in the last episode, they gave us an exclusive tour behind the scenes, and we wanted so we, we saw how the sausage was uh, made, so to speak. Wait a minute, why is it oh, when wow. I say how the sausage is made, you say it's gross, and, <laughs> it and how gross. can you say that? And then now you're like, oh, the sausage being made. Now it's, you're fine with it's it. It's gross when you say it. I don't know what to tell you. It's <laughs> stealing your thunder, isn't he? Well, he is lightning. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. See what you did there? <laughs> yes, see what I did there. <laughs> So you have this bag on air, which the original ballistic was, I can't imagine it was on air, right? It was body dropped. Yeah, it was body dropped. To be honest with you, you caught me off guard on that one. I don't know the actual spin. I would imagine it's it's hydros. Yeah, I guess that Uh, era, it was just hydraulics. They weren't really, there was air back then, but it was really... A, a novelty uh, at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, kind of Well, air shocks, right? Right. Air shocks, maybe. So yours is down. What kind of air suspension do you have under there? I have uh, Via Air for compressors. I have a Chad Chris manifold and, and hand controller, and I've got 
slam specialty bags. In that era, the guys were doing some walkthroughs, right, which you could – you cut out, you marry the, the cab and the bed so you could recline all the way down, or you could carry your, your sub box into the cab. Is yours done that way, or, or how was the original one and, and, and yours? No, the original one just had the window out. There was no walkthrough, right? Mine has no walkthrough as well. It's just the back window. Uh, the box is in the back window through the, through the shell or topper, which however you, where you're from in the United States, it depends on what you call it. In Florida, we call it a topper, but in like Maryland and PA, they call it a, a cap, right? I, I, I don't know what you guys call it over it's there. It's a shell out here. Yeah, we're a shell out here. Yeah, and then I guess Washington's canopy. Ah, they're just weird. Yeah, that, what the hell is that? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like, to me, a canopy is something soft. No, it's, it's like calling right. the hood a bonnet. Or what? what's a bonnet? Is that the hood? No, right. a bonnet is the cowl. That's the cowl? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. Stop it. <laughs> Stop with the weird lingo. It's a shell. It's a freaking yeah. shell. It's a shell it's, that goes on it. Yeah. Uh, Florida, it's a topper. That's what we call it. So, yeah, it's through the topper. I don't know if you guys should check it out. Uh, the box is amazing. It's all Lexan. It's uh, three-quarter inch thick. Like saying the whole box is all one piece. No, as far as lightning's no familiar screws. with three quarters of an inch thick. Yes, I am. Yeah. Sadly, <laughs> now yeah, sadly, did, did did Kicker give you some equipment for this? They did. They gave me all the wiring and RCAs and the fuses, and I sent them back. Like all the the, the stereo equipment in the truck is period correct for 1995. Um, I sent the amps back, and they went through every amp, and it's awesome. and, and it plays amazing. Absolutely so, amazing. How did you find all the original gear? Uh, I'm a mini truck hoarder, right? <laughs> I've got way more parts than I need, and uh, my my wife will attest to that. She said if if uh, something was to happen to me, she'd get one of those uh, you know those used car sales things that blow up, and the guy's waving up in the oh, air. My uh, yeah. the the, uh, the the ribbon man that blows with the fan on the bottom, right? Yes, yes, yep. yes, absolutely. She would she would put all the stuff out and say for sale, but I hunt it down. I mean, that's to me the fun part is the hunt for products, right? Like uh, two of the amps that are in the truck, I originally bought back in 1995. Um, I had that equipment when I was, you know, again, when you're young in 95, I couldn't afford everything that I have now. So I kind of wanted to build it what, the way I would have built it back then if I had the money. So I just sourced it out, eBay, pretty much, to be honest with you, and some Facebook pages, some car audio. So back then, weren't they like uh, Precision Power or Orion or Soundstream? Weren't those the hot licks back then? Absolutely. In 1995, Kicker came out with their first series of amplifiers called the SI amplifiers. That's what I bought. Gotcha. That's two, like I said, two of the amps are the original ones that I've had in 1995. And, uh, yeah, that was their first run at amplifiers, and I have no issues with them whatsoever. I mean, like I said, I couldn't say enough about Kicker. They sent me, I think, like $3,500 worth of wiring and fuses and RCAs. And we're working on maybe getting in their booth at SEMA with the truck. So Oh, that's a no brainer. If yeah, you're, it if needs you're to kicker, be there. Yeah, you, you gotta do that. Absolutely. And Kicker always oh, absolutely. Has a, they've always got a great display in North Hall. And and so tell us what's under the hood in that thing. Uh it's just the two point four EFI uh fuel injected motor that I've got a, quite a bit of L C engineering bits on like uh, i got the big billet throttle body, I got their billet fuel rail, I got their header, billet fan pulley, and it just Bone stock, you know, reliability factor, in my opinion, to drive it to be a cruiser. And this was auto or stick? 
It is an automatic. That's the difference between the, the original ballistic was a five speed. Mine's an automatic. Tell me about the interior because you've got kind of a um, it's a little lighter than like a Ferrari tan, but close. And who did the interior? Because it's gorgeous. Yeah, uh, my buddy Matt Reynolds up in Maryland, his his side business is Charm City Upholstery. Uh, we we picked out two different colors of Italian leather. Um, if you notice, the top of the dash is a, a darker, and the and the bottom is a lighter. It's two tone, which I've never really seen anybody do. And and the leather is amazing. It's got German square weave carpet throughout the topper and in the cab. And he also works at NASA. He, he's the one that built my box. Fun fact is he made a jig for the front face of the box and took it into work, and they bent it in their oven. So <laughs> you can say I have, I have a, a box built by NASA, which I think is pretty cool. If you time-traveled back to the 90s, your box would be like, made with space-age construction or something like that. Like <laughs> right, all those, right. All those things. right. It's like the Ginsu 2000. <laughs> Could be yours for 1999. That's right, four payments. But wait, there's more. Yeah. You also get <laughs> right, a, a right. audio system. Yeah. At what point in this build did it actually start to become real? And your wife says, you know what, Randy? You actually have something cool here. And it's not just a hunk of parts. Uh, to be honest with you, my buddies that did, did all the work, they're up in Maryland, Eric Fulber and Stephen Hansen and Fred Hebron. They, they sent pictures to my wife. I didn't see my truck until the day it was unveiled. Everybody's seen my truck except me. <laughs> now, okay, so that's great because I saw a YouTube video earlier today kind of boning up on your backstory, and mm-hmm. you were at a truck show at which this was unveiled to you. Like they did, they pulled it out of the trailer, they had the car cover on it, and they did the reveal. How did you feel at that moment when you're seeing all of these years culminate into one moment? You know, like I said in the video, some pollen got in my eye, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. Um, I hate those windy days, especially right when you're about to have something that that makes your heart melt. Like I said, I couldn't have done this truck without the help of my buddies. You know, I've been in negative camber for since 1996, and these guys that did the work – all but two of them are in negative camber. So it's like a big family, and those guys are, are stand-up guys. If it wasn't for them, the, the truck would have been in the junkyard, to be honest with you. What has a tighter cab, your uh, your Toyota or the International that we can hear squeaking in the background? Oh, yeah, that, that's no that's a no-brainer. My Toyota, everything <laughs> on that thing is brand new. Uh, and that, that's another thing I'm real stickler for. I'm an NOS kind of guy where I think the factory makes the best parts. They and do. trying to find all the rubber seals and, and gaskets is nearly impossible now. Like, on that truck, no lie, there's only two parts on that truck that are aftermarket. That would be the valance and the grill. Everything else is OEM, brand new Toyota. And you have to get some of that stuff from Japan and I think South America too, right? Because I think uh, some of those trucks were built down there longer than they were up here. So the supply chain down there is is still alive. Yeah, it's still alive. But luckily for me, my daughter works at a Toyota dealer, so I get family discount on parts. So Was it hard to find some of that stuff? Because I know the rubber is, for you go to rubbers on like a, a mid-90s Land Cruiser. And it's so hard yeah. to find some of that stuff now. And there's just parts that aren't even made anymore. No, absolutely. And, and I tried my best to find everything OEM because aftermarket, as you know, does not fit as well as an OEM part. It just Sadly, doesn't. no. Yeah. Now, so with so many different parts 
together on this truck, what year do you consider it? Like, what's actually vinned on the chassis? Oh, it's a 1991. I mean, even though we took the chassis all the way down and had the whole frame powder coated, um, it's a 1991 motor and, and trans. Uh, the motor's been gone through. The only thing that hasn't been gone through is the transmission. I mean, it was cleaned up and, and you know put back in the truck, but I had the motor gone through a Toyota mechanic before we started the whole process of cutting it up. And t- tell me about, let's change gears for just a second here. Negative camber, we've had... Um, I mean, you used to, didn't you work with an NC member back in the day? Um, passed away. Holman. Jeez, why is my, thanks for calling me out on the call. Uh, Courtney. Courtney. Courtney, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah Courtney. Courtney Hallowell, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so like we have, I've, neither Holman and I are, are in a truck club, but like I feel like we know so many guys, NC members, negative camber, and, or severed tires or whatever. And tell me about that for a moment. What is that brotherhood like, the family of negative camber and, how supportive have they been? And why, even all these years later, after like the truck club movement, I, I just don't, if you're not in it, you wouldn't know about it. Like why still today? What is it? What's special about it? I wouldn't have the friends that I have if it wasn't for this truck club, right? Those guys in Maryland, I would have never met those guys had it not been for this truck club. They wouldn't have bent over backwards to help me finish this dream or truck that I've been dreaming about finishing forever. And it's what's amazing is we got from coast to coast, even Australia, we've got members over there that if they come into town, they know they can call a member and have somewhere to stay or sleep. You know, I mean, just like anything, you're going to have disagreements, but I wouldn't change it for the world. The truck club is amazing. You know, it's uh, it sets the standard. And like at Maggie Valley, we had 55 vehicles from West Coast to East Coast, all negative camber. At one show and it was amazing is negative camber still growing or is it uh i mean oh. how, how's the membership today oh we have over i i want to say over 400 members okay i mean it's it, it's a huge group of truck uh enthusiasts right first and then it, it you couldn't ask for a better set of guys to be honest with you and I assume just by de facto, like, you end up becoming friends with the wives and the girlfriends and the kids and all that, too. Absolutely. They are just as important as a member at, in Negative Camber, in my eyes, and a lot of the members' eyes. Their wives are just as important because they are the support group, right? Without your wives supporting you through this whole process, what else do you have? Or, as I like to call them, the Department of War and Finance. <laughs> Luckily for me, my wife, I've been with her for uh, since high school, right? 20, uh, she's going to kill me, 30 years, and she's not high maintenance. I'm the high maintenance one. I like to go shopping. I like to buy things. So it, she's never once questioned me about buying for my truck. She's been there to support me the whole way. So I, can't, I couldn't ask for a better wife. She, she gets it, you know. I could be out there smoking or drinking or, or clubbing. I just, to me, I drive this big brown truck or white truck, whatever you want to call it. And I think about the next project, the next parts, the the parts hunt. It just, it's amazing. And so what other minis have you built other than two ballistic and, and what's, what's in your future? Uh, I had built a 1994 Nissan hard body that was featured in mini trucking back in 2000. Right now I have a 79 Toyota short bed that's bagged that I, I'm, I'm, I've acquired tons of parts for already. And if you guys have been around the scene, uh, have you ever heard of a butterfly back window? Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. I those have one of rare. those for that. Very cool. Yep. Yep. 
Very, let's, well, very let, rare. Let, let's explain what that butterfly back window is. When I was up at um, uh, Sean at Empire Fabrication, he's got a butterfly back window that's got some muraling on it, and it's hanging up in his shop. And there's a really cool story just about that window. And I don't recall what it is. I mean, we could catch up with Sean sometime. But he, he came around. He's like, you got to see this window. And me being a dumbass, I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. He's like, well, you don't know about the butterfly window? What are you, a moron? I'm like, I, I, I. Yeah. And so, but I, I do know that it's a big deal in the community. It, it is. Uh, to, and a funny story, I when I bought this truck, because I like the little 70, I'm a Toyota, I'm an everything guy, really. Um, but I bought this truck, and I'm like, the only other butterfly window that I've ever seen was Tom McMurdo's Mazda on the cover of Mini Trucking, right? It was yellow. And, and if you've ever seen one of those windows, you would think it's Lexan or plastic, but it's actual glass that bends in the middle. It, it's amazing. So I put on a, like a Facebook page. You asked me how I find parts. I said, hey, you're looking for a butterfly back window. Some kid hit me up and says, I've got one. I'm like, yeah, well, what do you want for it? Well, I've been offered $1,500, 2000 Oh, my oh. God. Oh, yeah. Oh, it gets better. You're, you're probably going to think I'm a moron, but uh, I offered him 3000 Wow. Because I wanted it. Yeah. I, yeah, but yeah, if that's the thing it, that right? makes the build, you, you have to do it. It's worth every penny. Yeah, so he, he you know, hymns and hollers and, and calls me back, says, hey, I got a question. I'm like, yeah, what's up? Hey, can you give me some more money? I'm like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> I just offered you double what somebody else offered you, you knucklehead. Yeah. Yeah I, yeah, I said, no, no, man. If you want to sell it, sell it. So I had a buddy, Craig Bray, that lives in Washington State, go pick it up and ship it through the UPS store and got it to my house in Florida in one piece, and I was wow. totally ecstatic. And yeah. was it just the glass or the frame and everything, too? No, everything, everything. Wow. Yeah, because I told, I told Craig, I said, if that thing breaks, I'm SOL. That's it? You're not going to find another one, you no. know? And, the easiest way to describe it is if you remember – on like a 80s or 90s king cab super cab whatever that had the pop out side windows on the extended cab yep. imagine a flat glass rear window right so there's no slider in the middle it's just a, a flat piece of glass yet somehow without having a hinge in the middle there is some sort of you know mounting point in the middle of that glass and inside the cab those same mechanisms that pop out like a side window on an extended cab pop out maybe two or three inches the edges of that solid piece of glass and it's just wild because it's 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 there's nothing really like it it looks when it's closed it just looks like a regular full glass back window without a slider but when you but from the inside you got those little tabs that you pop out and then you kind of lock them into place they pop out those edges on each side but again there's no hinge down the middle so your view's not obstructed by anything in the middle of the glass and And that's what makes them cool when it's popped out you'd think that the glass is going to break right and it doesn't it flexes yeah you you couldn't have described it any better than what you did to be honest with you that is that was amazing well, thank you. All right, I've done my yeah, I've done absolutely. my part here. All right, we're all done. Thanks for calling. We'll talk to you later. Well, now, well, <laughs> if you if if you want, I've got another rare uh, piece of yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Before you move on, who made the yeah. butterfly glass, and why does it? Where? Who, what? What was it stock in? Wasn't stock in it anything. Was, I, like who made it? Like no, where did it, was, it come from? What's the story? I want to say Flex Through is the brand, the the company. They, they call it, you know, that's another name, Butterfly Back Window, but it's also called the Flex Through. I don't know if that was the company's name or not, but again, I've never seen one in person until I actually owned one. To be honest with you, 
I feel like that's a deep dive we need to go on because it's that window. That's a rabbit hole. Well, that well that window is the holy grail uh, from from the mini truck scene. Like if you have one of those windows, that's it. Well, and you you can talk. I mean, basically, it's, it, everybody spells it flex and then through T H R U. Uh, but they all spell Correct. it a hundred different ways, whether there's a hyphen or it's one word or it's capitalized or it's not. I've heard flex through, I've heard butterfly, but I, I actually don't know who. We need to find out who is. made it. That should be fascinating. Yeah, as, as I was going to tell you, another part that I've got, you, do you guys remember C.R. Lawrence? Yeah, of course. C.R. Lawrence is in here in Southern oh. California. They are C.R. Yep. Lawrence is famous for making the drive-through windows. So when you're going through a McDonald's and there's a stainless steel like ledge where you the guy reaches out and puts his elbows on as he reaches to give you your change and your food, right. that will have a look at the next one when you drive through. There'll be a badge that says C.R. Lawrence, and they're uh, they're actually uh, avid off-roaders here in Southern California. They, they do uh, basically window glazing and things like that on on for architectural things on buildings. They do that too. That's kind of what their their well, main deal. The is. one that I went to, shower door hardware things the, like that. The CR Lawrence that I went to, dude, they had a machine mm-hmm. that was two hundred feet long, that made uh, 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 not tostadas. What do you call them? Um, tostadas? No, no, no. Brooches? <laughs> a machine that makes tostadas? Taquitos? No, no, no. no, God damn it! Tortillas? Chalupas? CR <laughs> Lawrence was when I was there. Now I want to talk about. Buddy of mine, Steve, worked there. And showed right. me this machine where it was 200 feet long and they made tortillas. They put all the raw ingredients on one side and tortillas came out the other side. And they would sell them to like Frito-Lay or whoever. And it was all stainless steel. Everything on this machine oh, wow. is stainless steel. It was bonkers. Well, yeah, because it's making food grade stuff. I understand be- it. But the, I've never personally seen a single machine that was that big before. It was right. wild. So anyway, sorry to go on a tangent about Sierra Lawrence, but like they, no, no, they make no, a lot of awesome. stuff. No, no, that's awesome. You learned something new. Yeah. They used to make a roll-down back window, you know, for your, your extra cab or your standard cab. Yeah, it was uh, called like a pass-through window or something, right? Or limo window, whichever okay. you want to call it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we had a club member in New Mexico. I'll give you a little quick story. Our run used to go out to New Mexico, Albuquerque. And he says, hey, I got one of these C.R. Lawrence roll-down back windows for a Mazda. I'm like, what? Tell you know, me more. To me, that's that's a holy grail. Heck hey, yeah. I've had it for like 15 years. So I you said, went out and bought a Mazda to fit the glass just so you could have it? No, 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 no. I haven't <laughs> bought the Mazda yet. Oh. I do have the glass. But now you need the Mazda. So, exactly. Well, what happened was, so we drive out there on our run, our UPS run, and he meets us at the UPS hub in Al- Albuquerque. And I throw that window in the back of the empty trailer and drive it all the way back to Orlando. That's so I didn't have to pay shipping. I didn't have to worry about it breaking. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But yeah, I've got one of those, and I also have a CR Lawrence power slider from like an '84 to '88 Toyota as well, brand new in the box. All right. So while you've been talking, I've uh, been uh, searching uh, the uh, internet furiously. The company that made it was called Levan, Levan Specialty Company. They had a trademark uh, uh, back in uh, uh, the late 70s and up through mm-hmm. the 80s, but it was the uh, Levan uh, Butterfly Windows. We say a trademark. What do you, you mean? A, oh, wow. Not a, a patented or it was no, a, a trademark? No, a trademark. Just what I said, trademark. a trademark. You, go, okay. you can look at older trademarks and they come up for 
um, Levan Specialty Company. But now, what's interesting is I, I can't in my in my searching here of uh, of them, I can find all their different brands: Flex Through, Starlight, Sport T Top, Vista Bay, Skyport, Levan. But it doesn't say where Levan was based out of, so I, I'm not I don't hmm. have too much info. But it was uh, Levan was the name of the company. So there you go. Oh wow, good to know. We've got to go on a, a hunt and, and and track this down. That would be fascinating. Get them on the phone and go. No, they're get, gone. No, no, no. But the, I, I get that. But someone dead. there is still no, no, they're dead. Everyone, all you, of them. The designer. Well, the what owner. happened was is one of the the pieces of glass popped out at the factory and <laughs> just killed everybody. Just decapitated. It went out <laughs> like a. It was like a, a, sh- a shooting star. A shooting star? No, no, no like a, a, a throwing star. star. A throwing star. A throwing yeah, star, yeah. and it went around the room. And that you know, was it. They, it hit everyone. And after that, there was no more butterfly windows ever made. I have a feeling that's not true. I, maybe it sounds good. Hmm. Pro- prove me wrong. It sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, okay. You've got all these interesting artifacts. I feel like you could open a, a mini trucking museum. Uh, oh. My wife would say the same thing. As well, but why have a museum when you can have an awesome mini truck? Because he's got too many parts exactly. to go on a single truck. Get more trucks. Why. No, no, there's never too many parts, man. Never too many parts. Yeah, exactly. The again, the uh, the actual name was the Flex Through, so it was F L E X dash T H R U. So if you want to search on the internet, Levan Flex Through, if you want to see what the butterfly windows look like. So there you go. I'm yeah. tracking that. I've got pictures down. if you want me to send them to you. Yeah, sure. We should post it so people no, can absolutely. see what we uh, yeah, yeah. are talking yeah. about. Send them to Lightning, and we'll we'll get them up on our socials. I will definitely. And if you're lucky, Lightning will send you a sticker. Oh, me? Send so, him a sticker. That I, would be awesome. There's no way he's going to plaster a Truck Show podcast sticker on that beautiful tubalistic. I did say to put it on there. Oh. Maybe you will. What? Do you, what what's the <laughs> daily? Box. You're not cruising uh, tubalistic as a daily, are you? Oh no, absolutely not. I've got well, I've got several things. I've got a '93 Crew Cab Dually. Uh, that's hammered on 22-inch uh, low-boy motorsports wheels. I've got a 2016 Golf R, and I've got a 2022 F350 Super Duty. And is everything on the ground minus the Super Duty? Uh, yeah, the Golf R isn't. It's got 19s on it. It's, it's a fun car. Other than that, yeah, and then the 79 Toyota, which is on the ground. I love low. How do you not love oh, low? Oh, I love it. Yeah. I know. I don't understand it. I don't. I think anything lowered is is awesome. I love seeing. I love seeing Lamborghinis, Ferraris. Like that's a new thing in in the last couple of years. Maybe <clears throat> maybe maybe because of the wide bodies, you know, the, the 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 like Liberty Walk kits that people are doing. But I love seeing a guy like take a three fifty five Berlinetta or or some other some old Ferrari that people didn't care about, buy it and then put it on the ground. And I saw a guy do it to right. a Testarossa. Like that's. And those have become very, very coveted. Everything looks good when it's, you know, scraping the concrete. Hammered. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. What's the future for Tubalistic? Because there's no more mini truck and magazine. So how does it get out there? How do people see it? Is it (coughs) Truck Show Podcast? You're on Instagram, right? (laughs) I am on Instagram. uh, The number two underscore ballistic. Um, it is. It was shot for the cover of Street Trucks at Maggie Valley with a, a partial cover with another truck, Lolux. We're hoping that gets on the cover. And it was also shot for the Custom Trucks magazine in Japan. Oh wow! And if you get the yeah, if you get the April issue, which came out last week, uh, the little they do like a construction zone setup. It's in that issue, and then the full feature is going to come out later. 
Are you reenacting the original mini trucking cover with the girl and all that? We had talked about that. Obviously, they won't put a female on the cover on street trucks, but he said that they could probably do a recreation. I got to find somewhere. It'll be at the street trucks uh, show in Memorial Day weekend in Ocala, Florida. Uh, we're going to shoot the feature there and find a model for the for the cover recreation. Furthering my research on, I'm now fascinated <laughs> with the uh, Levan flex through window. I have found an right. ad. Do you remember what he online. said online? Do you remember what he said about a rabbit hole? I'm already on. I'm about, yeah. to, I'm about to enter the wiki web and start just clicking links. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh Levan ad. They were from City of Industry here in California, so they were local. Mm-hmm. And they've got this ad of this lady standing next to the uh, flex through, totally new from Levan. There it is. But the problem is the ad is low resolution, so I can't really read the text. It says something like uh, a single piece of tempered glass, not plastic, uh, flexes mm-hmm. outward. It's really hard to read all the this uh, the, the the digitized uh, or pixelated text. It says uh, flexes outward at a. Uh, Something, give your standard or mini pickup that quote-unquote classic look. Flex through. Uh, tinted glass minimizes heat gain and increases cab ventilation. And you can remove flex through in just a few minutes for a canopy pass-through. The flex through. Another oh. classic from LeVan. The innovators. There you go. I read that wow. right off an ad yeah. I found on the internet. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know what their uh, telephone number? Yeah. This will this will mean nothing to unless you lived in Southern California. I, I bet. Can I guess? Yeah. It's going to start with a two one three. Two one three. Dude. Yeah. Old school really? area code from L.A. Yeah. So. Well, hey, is mini truck and dismantler still open down there in Calif- Southern California or no? Do you I don't, know. I don't think so. I haven't heard anything from so long. I don't know. Mm. Holman's looking. Stand but, by. But I but I've got the Google here. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. California. Oh. Check it out. CalMiniRecycling.com out in uh, Montclair. Cal Mini Truck Dismantler. So apparently their website's uh, oh, wow. around. Their uh, hours of operation are Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. Saturday, 8 to 2 p.m. It's closed on Sundays. Uh, but it looks like they're still there. And their photo uh, on their website is an aerial photo of a giant yard filled with uh, with minis. So Damn, I'm uh, going to get you a double-billed Sherlock Holmes hat. Why? Because I, I you're, you're straight sleuthing over yeah, there. Yeah, right on. I, I look, oh, he out. is straight sleuthing. Dude, calminitruck.com. There it is. California Mini Truck Dismantler. So, wow. Listen, uh, here's the thing. I, I love Florida. No, I don't. We need, I don't to, call, we need to call them and get them on the you, show. If you're a real mini truck guy, you'd find a lot more parts out here in California, I think. Just because, like, oh. I, I feel like this was... Forgive me, but I, I I feel like it was the mecca of mini trucking. I mean, when we would go Absolutely. down to like Newport Beach on the weekends or Huntington or whatever, all along PCH, all you'd see were minis booming. You know, like the whole you know the Ferguson Super Shell in, in the back, with multiple 18s in the in the in the bed, just pounding. It was the scene, and it obviously bled all over the country. But here, they were just everywhere. Then all of a sudden, they were gone, as if they never existed. Just freaking gone. Well, it's kind of like the Honda CRX. They were everywhere, and then all of a sudden, nowhere gone. Where did every freaking Honda CRX go? They're, did they all become race yeah, cars? Yep. What happened? They're all in garages somewhere. <laughs> so freaking. You guys weird. need to make a trip out to Mini Nats next year. It is an amazing mini truck show. Amazing. 
the problem is is that lightning would probably do something accidentally offensive to somebody's vehicle and have uh, he would be offed. Somewhere. I would not do that because I have a great deal of respect. I would put for... the monkey backpack on you and I'd hold the tail the Dude, whole time. No, no, I have mad respect for the workmanship that goes into these trucks. Where is where do you say uh, Mini Truck Nationals is next year? It's in uh, Maggie. Well, it's in the same place, Maggie Valley, North Carolina, Southeastern Mini Truck Nationals. It is amazing. The cruising. In fact, we had Brian Gindro and uh, Jason Payne come out from California and tractor from Arizona, and they brought him out, if you remember, the old orange ombre that was on the cover of Truckin'. Oh, yeah. I remember that. They they drove that all the way out there, and they had a blast. They're coming back next year. Man, you guys should really try to think about coming out there. It is it is amazing show. And you have about, you said 400 trucks? How many? Oh, 775. Wow. Holy crap, Ola. That's a, wow. that, a lot. That was... Yeah, that was in the show. That's not even counting the trucks that weren't allowed to get into the well, show. Well, dude, sometimes the, the parking city. lot is the show. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Well, if we show up, you got to show us around a little bit because we're uh, we're like newbies to the to the the. Speak what do you for yourself. Well, no, it's like the 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 reinvention. <laughs> you of realize the I worked at Truck I mean? and Magazine for a lot of years. You've right? been out of the mini truck scene for a really long. Well, I wouldn't time. call myself a newbie. Right. I, mean, I wouldn't call yourself a newbie either. Yeah, lightning. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'll I'll show you around. Uh, will you? Yeah, like, see that big parking lot over there with a bunch of dudes drinking beer hanging out yeah. next to trucks? We're going there. Uh, then we're going to talk to them. Hey, you know what's amazing is the city lets us drag and lets you cruise low. Oh, like no the, issues oh, whatsoever. It's like the old days of like show fest in Greenville, Mississippi and like correct, all the real shows correct. back in the day. So wait, you're, uh, you're yep. popping bot stops? Oh, dude, I remember so many bot stops died heroes on those weekends. <laughs> oh. Bring me back for, you know, if I had a time machine, take me back to Greenville, dur- or, uh, uh, Greenville during Showfest because that was about as yeah. rowdy and amazing as, as ever. I, I, I've, I think I've told this. What, what about compared to like the, the events in Vegas or Laughlin and stuff like no, that? No, 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 no. Showfest was way, way rowdier. Really? So there's a lot of TNA and trucks. I told you about the time where the big black truck that said Girls Gone Wild pulled up next yes, to me. Yes, you and did. And I had a trucking t-shirt. They're like, dude, you from trucking? I'm like, yeah, hey, hop in. And the, you know, the whole thing, amazing for hours up and down. I'm sitting in the back of this truck. I have a good old time. And when I hopped out, I said, hey. Thanks for the ride, guys. I got to go uh, do some work now. And they're like, cool, man. I said, are you guys really from Girls Gone Wild? No, man. My buddy owns a sign shop. <laughs> <laughs> and that was that was a show fest in, in, a, in, a, you know, in a paragraph right there back in the day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So it's not really like that anymore, but it no. is about the trucks. No. Yeah. People would be drinking. The cops would, like, pull them over and then drink their beer. Or be like, yeah, take a picture oh, wow. of me with my tr- your truck and your girlfriend, and I'll, I'll let you keep going. And... It was just, it was crazy. How difficult is it today if you wanted to rekindle your youth or even maybe you're a young guy and, and you're finding mini trucking for the first time, can you find the parts? Can you find the trucks? Or is do you have to be a sleuth like Holman over here? Or you know, what what does it take to get into the scene these days? Well, I, I think you, you, if you want it done right, you definitely have to be a sleuth to find the parts. Um, you know, you could buy a truck that's already done and you're, you're a lot better off. Some, you know, there's that big argument of built, not bought, but, but you can't do that I'm anymore because what. the Virgin trucks don't yeah. exist. So, so getting into the no. scene now as a young, a young guy, he's not going to find a stock truck anymore. He's going to have to buy something that no. somebody built. So how, how is the scene and how are people now, if you show up in a truck that people know about that you love and cherish and put your money in, but you didn't build it. Cause 
it's hard to say built but not bought when there aren't new tr- virgin trucks to build from anymore. Right. Correct. I mean, that or you have to find a, a POS truck and, and then rebuild it that way and hope sure. you can find parts, you know, to, to make it better. Like, like I said, it, part of the, the fun for me is hunting. And then you could always go outside the United States. Like I got some headlights from Australia for a Mazda that they never offered here. And, and they still make the trucks over there. So you could get rubbers and whatnot from there. You know, it, it that's the fun part is hunting this stuff down, in my opinion. Well, and I think you'd get into that kind of, uh, I think, a philosophical uh, or, or, you know, a argument with yourself is, do I take this truck that's already built and it's already known and I, I rehome it and I'm the steward of this, it represents the time, or do I just, you know, can the whole thing and I do it my way and now piss a bunch of people off because it's totally different than what it used to be, but then I'm doing it with, with my own vision. That's a hard one to, to justify. I think it would depend on the notoriety of the vehicle because at, at, at the same time, as you don't want to destroy history, you still want to put your own stamp on something. So there's there's that balance of how to do it the right way, and I think that's not always a, a easy line to navigate. No, absolutely not. If you know the, the truck Tuck Lugs, I don't know if you guys know that or not. No. 80, it's an 84 extra cab Toyota that was on the cover of truck uh, mini trucking. It was originally built by a negative camber guy, and then that was it changed hands a few times to an extreme lows guy out in California. Well, I ended up buying that and bringing it home, and it's a very iconic truck. Like you said, it's a very fine line of what you can do and what you can't do to kind of keep the tradition of the truck because it's such an iconic truck, but yet do a little bit to make it your own, right? And I ended up selling that to my buddy Chris Schmidt that's in New York, that's in Camber, and he's he brought it to Mini Nats All Finished. I mean, it, it's... Like you said, it, it, you got there's a fine line that between restoring and just you know preserving what's there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's yep. the uh, so Randy? What's the value of a truck like you, the one you're just talking about? That you sold to your your, your buddy in, in New York. Are we talking about thirty five thousand, seventy five thousand? I, I realize it, you know whatever somebody will pay for. No, it. but I I feel like there's got to be some type of uh, threshold, right? I mean, you know, a two ballistic. What's that worth? I mean, if someone said. I know that you will tell me it's not for sale. I get it because it was your dream. Some guy who won the lottery, who is a mini truck fan, says, I'm going to give you a quarter million dollars. Would you sell it? Absolutely. (laughs) Well, that's his price, folks. (laughs) All right. I love the honesty. I mean, let me me be honest with you. I've got 70,000 into this truck as it sits. Wow. Yeah. You know, and, and at the end of the day, it's like you said, it's only worth what somebody's willing to pay. And I told my buddies that built it because they were like, well, if you sell that, you're going to have to pay us extra because we did all this hard work. I said, absolutely. But I said, it's not really for sale. It'd have to be six figures. And, and, and can you justify six figures on a mini truck? I don't you know. know. I think in the future you will be able to because. Uh, yeah, I you're don't. right. Maybe in the future. Right. I mean, I, I would yeah. love to see. Uh, I would. I'm going to ask our audience. Has any of these ha- has a mini ever gone across the auction block at uh Meekum or Barrett Jackson. I, I haven't seen one. No, there was one. I haven't I'm, seen one either. I'm trying to find it right now and I don't remember it was like last year and it it sold for like a ridiculous I think it had like you know terror graphics and stuff on it. I'm trying to remember. It's mm. it's vaguely in my mind that 
It was one of the first minis to maybe cross $100,000 There's listeners right now smashing their dashboards. You morons, how could you not remember? You're telling the story wrong, you dumbass. Well, no, do you remember Last Look, right? Last Look, they did that show. I forget what the name of the show was. Fester owns it. And they valued it, last look, at $100,000. Yeah. And what was that? What you kind know? of truck was it? I don't recall. It's, it's an 84, 85 standard cab Toyota with uh, Cal Customs graphics all over. It's yellow. It had uh, Boyd Tri-Fans on it. Really, really iconic truck. Really, really iconic truck. And the guy, Randy Carlson, valued it at hundred grand. Now, just because you value that, does that mean somebody's going to pay you 100000 for it? I don't know. Oh, I see that truck right now. Damn, I have seen that one before. I wish I could find look this, at last this look. story. Because for a while, the, the Japanese trucks have all been like um, Back to the Future replicas and things like that. Those were those things going across the op- uh, uh, auction block. Which with, I thought were lame. Like, I'm not a big fan of movie cars. I get That's just me. I know a lot of people No, but are. that wasn't a movie car per se, though. I mean, I know it wasn't like the Batmobile or it wasn't like, you know... The uh, you know name whatever it was just a really well done period correct Toyota truck and I think a lot of people loved it because it was you know what two bumpers and thirty fives or something the with Casey bar. Daylighters the, the, and the roll, roll bar. bar made yeah. it yeah yeah I mean it was just it was that yeah. that perfect representation of what that era was where everybody's like that that truck I, but it wasn't like it was a movie car in the sense that there was something really special about it. It was just so period correct. Anybody could really build it and have that vibe. I think that's what made that successful. But I, I wish I could find this, uh, this story because I, I, I remember there being um, a, it was like a Toyota, like a mid-80s Toyota, and there was something about it going across the block. And, and well, people. Well, while you're looking for that, it, does it drive you crazy to be cruising down the street and see all of the gardeners driving your favorite mini trucks? Like the, the the Toyota, no, I'm serious. Like I pass so many of them, and these things are just beat up from the feet up, and they they got so cheap for so many years, and and they didn't have much enthusiasm around them anymore, and they became gardener trucks. At least in Southern California, everywhere you look, it's a Toyota Extra Cab long bed gardener truck with a roof rack and the rakes and the freaking gas blowers mm-hmm. that have already been banned in California. It's hanging off the sides and such. And the guy is doing 45 miles an hour in the, in the fast lane. And you're like, get out of my freaking way. They can't go faster. <laughs> they can't go any faster. The guy's they sitting there. They can't go yeah. any faster. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so funny, but like they all became gardener trucks because they were cheap. I don't know about you guys. I know being on the road as much as we are, we see guys with caravans of Toyota trucks heading down south towards Mexico. They love oh, yeah, the they Toyota love it down pickups there. down there. A hundred percent. Yeah. All right, Holman's uh, uh, still. I, I'm, still I'm t- I got to tap out because uh, I'm, okay. I'm. You you type in like mini truck auction and it's it's not what you think. So, um, I just remember right. there was something uh, a, f- a year or two ago. I, well, I feel like it broke a hundred thousand and it was a big deal because it was like a eighties truck. I don't remember if any of our listeners uh, can remember or refresh me or keep me honest. Uh, Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email and and uh, but anyway, it just to me it was we're at the I think we're at the bleeding edge of those trucks really taking off in the auction scene. Um, I think everything eighties is 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 starting to to be cool. If you know, there was a time in the late seventies, early eighties where because of smog and all that, a lot of the cars that were cool in the seventies are complete dogs. 
and the Japanese stuff is really starting to come on now in in also the sports car market. Celicas and Supras and oh RX7s. Oh, my God. Dude, and, Supras. Have you seen where they're oh, going for? Do you see the last generation Supra? Yeah. I'm, Turbo? Over like $100,000. No, $200,000. Like one eighty dollars to two hundred. God. Yeah. No, qu- almost a quarter million dollars for some of those last generation low mileage uh, Super Turbos. So, but what I was going to say is the thing about the mini truck that I, I think kind of transcends is it was a cheap truck. It was attainable. People, everybody has a memory. Whether you owned one or not, your buddy did. You saw one at the truck show. You know, you you had it. But because performance sucked in the '80s, the thing that gets people now is remembering the style and how outlandish the '80s were in terms of like colors and fabrics and things people were doing. And and I feel like the a lot of the '80s cars, especially in the truck side of the biz or the truck side of it. Those heartstrings are tugged by the look and feel, and not the performance of the vehicle. I agree. And and where do you stand, Randy? Where do you stand on like scissor beds and dancing beds and stuff like that? Like you've seen the guys where they have like full transformers, where the truck actually comes apart, and it's uh, like like the bed goes this way, and the the cab splits off, and then they're all spinning independently, and it's like it's just a big giant remote control device now. Um, some guys are still doing it. Like my kids, I showed my kids a, a, a dancing bed and like, uh, well, that was a thing. I go, oh my God. Yeah. The best trucks like had dancing beds. Oh yeah. Th- th- there's a clubs over there in California that are, are doing that still today. Um, I was never a big fan. I like my stuff on the ground, dragging on the ground, but, uh, it's part of the culture. That's here's, for sure. Here's one right know. here. 1997 Toyota Super Turbo. Okay. This one has 28,000 original miles. It's listed on a, uh, a national database. $232,800. Six-speed manual. Wow. <laughs> it's, a, it's a black-on-black car. Those things are out of control. Here, I'll, I'll just run through real quick. So this is all that same 90, 96, 97, 98. 124, it's amazing what those cars are getting right now in in the secondary and collector markets, and again, I I, I feel like uh, you know mini trucks are we have to be careful to keep those within our ranks because at some point they're going to become valuable to collectors and they're going to start sucking them out of the wild and plucking them and putting them away in personal collections where you may not have seven hundred trucks at a mini truck show. Yeah. Yeah, they'll never see them again. You know, we've got a couple of guys that had their trucks. They're trying to find trucks that they built in the late 90s, early 2000 that, you know, they went to private collectors and you never see them again. It's And it's sad. 97 Toyota Supra two-door turbo hatchback. Yep. 100, or, I'm sorry, uh, 90,000 miles. Guess how much uh, money that that bad boy is. Uh, 145. 135. Here's one, wow. Here you go. 97 Supra two-door turbo hatchback. Hundred eighty-three thousand miles. What do you think it's worth? One hundred eighty-three thousand miles. One hundred eighty-three thousand miles. Wow. One thousand dollars for That's almost two hundred thousand miles. Eighty thousand dollars. You can buy a used TRX. <laughs> I mean, just, just well, you think yeah. of everything. All the things you can buy. You can buy four mini trucks, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. Well, listen, Randy, you, you have been awesome. Thank you for like spending your evening with us. Uh, yeah, hopefully we got you a few miles down the road. And uh, hey, that UPS oh, yeah, package we, I've been waiting for, it'd be nice if you uh, if it showed up one of these days. 
Yeah, one of these days. Like I said, I, nothing but windshield time and an honor to be on the podcast. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Oh, we appreciate thank you, you too, much. brother. Yeah, and spread the word if you don't mind. When your uh, this episode comes out, share it with your friends, your negative camper friends and stuff. We're still, you know, we're trying to at at almost three hundred episodes. We're still trying to grow this thing, and uh, we're we're very fortunate to be five years in and still you know doing it because we're 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 huge fans. We love connecting with guys like you. We're obviously you're doing it for one reason, one reason only: passion. And uh, we got mad respect. So, Randy, uh, thank you very much. Safe travels. Yeah, be safe. Yep. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, brother. Have a good one. Talk to you. See you. You too. Bye. You ready for some news? Hold my beer. Uh, I'm holding whiskey right now. Yep. What's What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Ah! Solid. Yeah, it's not bad. Solid. As Donna Summer said, solid as a rock. No, no, no. Dude, no, no, no. Was it Donna hey, Lighting, Summer? Did you yeah. hear? No. No, I did not. Uh, I wish I couldn't hear because that was horrible. Yeah, it was awful. Rivian CEO RJ Scaringe was recently on uh, YouTuber uh, Marquez Brownlee's uh, WVFRM podcast. Mm hmm. Uh, what do you know about Mr. Uh, Brownlee? I have brought him up many, many times on the podcast. Get him on or, ours. Or once or twice. I don't know if he does uh, guest stints. He only has 162 episodes. We can uh, increase his popularity. Dude, he is, uh, he's mega. Yeah. M- he MKB is, mega. is uh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's definitely massive. Yeah. Anyway, uh, apparently uh, he got RJ to open up a little bit about the uh, Rivian R2 and R3, uh, so they've got uh, some additional models in the works. I've heard a few rumors about how one of those vehicles is uh, aimed directly at a certain seven-slotted grill vehicle that uh, really is iconic. So it'll be interesting to see what Going their take, Jeep. See what that take is. Hmm. Uh, hey, Lightning, did you hear? Nope, well, that's the exact sound many, many <laughs> medium-duty Chevrolet Silverado owners are saying after more than 40,000 of the medium-duty cabin chassis. You know your favorite one with the flow tie? Yes. Yeah, there was a little bit of an issue where uh, GM notified NHTSA uh, earlier uh, last month of a fire risk affecting the uh, current generation 4500 HD, 5500 HD, and 6500 HD models. Apparently, the brake pressure sensor assembly may leak brake fluid into the brake pressure switch, which would cause an electrical short circuit and therefore a fire. (laughs) Fire! 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 And uh, that that being said, GM says uh, they're not aware of any injuries related to the problem, but they're recalling uh, 40,428 trucks built between uh, 19 and 23. So uh, there's been uh, 21 incidents of this failure to date. Our audio recorder was there with one of the owners. Ah! Uh, Hopefully not. Uh, (laughs) Out of 21 incidents, 11 of those uh, resulted in an actual fire. Fire! Yeah, that's bad. Yeah. So anyway, if you've got one of those, uh, you can contact Chevy's customer service line at 800-424-9153 for more info. And that uh, recall for uh, those of you who care, uh, N22237527. Hey, Holman, have you heard? Uh, sure. So uh, Dustin Coster and uh, one of our Facebook groups that I'm on all the time, uh-huh. uh, is, they're talking lately about the 24 Duramax, as I spoke about on the last show. Okay. Apparently there's something going on here with uh, some codes they're seeing. 
Interesting. Uh, well, what happened is- uh, Did you hear screaming with them also? So so Dustin said, hey, can uh, the dealer see when you've cleared a code when using the bank's iDash? And I said, well, it depends on what code you've cleared. Most are temporary and not stored in the ECM. Dustin says, dude, it's the emissions code all of us with the new 2024 are having. We're supposed to be waiting for a software update. From what I see others say on Facebook, I'm dropping it off at the dealer for the third time this week, and I don't even have 1,500 miles yet on the truck. How many? 1,500? 1,500 miles. And from what he hears, it's a software anomaly. Like, the truck is fine hardware-wise, but he says, it ain't cool. I just spent 80 grand on a truck. Yeah, about that. Software. Man, that sucks. I don't know if it's a real thing yet, but uh, I can tell you that I posted another video about mm-hmm. the Monster Ram on the Ram mm-hmm. trucks. It appears, so we, we've talked about the broken bolt yep. issue yep. in the, in the, the green heater, heater before. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Largely happening between the model years 13 and 18. We okay. find a lot in 15, 16, now, 17, 18. But is that because the 19 through 23s haven't aged enough or is it because there's a design change? They look, it's, so it's the same part number. The grid heater is the same part number. We don't know if it's solenoid or relay related. We haven't pinpointed it. Mainly 15, 16, 17, 18s. I posted a new video of another failure last week. And all these guys start talking about it again. And it's just wild. And everyone's saying, why doesn't Ram recall or why doesn't Cummins recall these? And they're both pointing the finger at each other. It's a RAM issue. It's a Cummins issue. Do you know and that for sure? No. These are what people are saying. Right. I don't know for sure. But we have a lot of mechanics, guys who are familiar. I'm saying, not saying it's not happening. I just want to make sure that before we assess blame. In no, that I'm not thing. assessing blame. Yeah. I'm just telling you what people are saying. And everyone, you'll have mechanics to say, I work on these trucks right. all the time. And they're pointing it at RAM. And other guys are pointing it at Cummins. Sure. And because... It's not like Ford, like where Ford developed the 6.7. Right. That's their engine in right. their truck. Yep. This is a Cummins engine in a Ram truck, two different business entities. Yep. So, I, man, it's going to be very that, interesting gonna to be, see what happens here. Yeah, because, dude, we just, last week, two guys bought $30,000 engines. They just both ate a bolt. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? I don't watch the news because I'm a kid. It's still not one right. of my favorite ones ever, right? <laughs> I try, I try not to burn it out. I don't only listen to podcasts. <laughs> I'm not 100. Yep. All right. Well, Hennessy took uh, the Ford F-150 Raptor R, and uh, guess what they did to it? Can I guess? Yep. Did they add an axle? Yep. <laughs> so the uh, Velociraptor R, which is basically Velociraptor with a big R in the end, uh, is now 27 feet long and weighs 500 pounds more than the factory truck. Does at, it really weigh? Does, is it really 27 feet? Yes, 27 feet long and 6,500 pounds. I have a the, travel trailer 27 feet the, long. The engine though is uh, is bone stock. Uh, apparently, that Hennessy felt there was enough uh, power in the engine, but it gets uh, 20 inch wheels, 37 inch tires. And a three-inch body lift, Fox dampers and Brembo brakes keep uh, the rig uh, under control. A body uh, lift? What I is know, this? Nineteen eighty-nine. I know. Well, they what? don't want they don't want to mess with the suspension. I get. I I know why they did it. Again, not my body lift's not my favorite thing. Oh, no, that's just freaking dumb. Anyway, uh, bumpers, front and rear get added, upgraded LED lights. There's the Hennessy badges all over the place. 
Uh, Hennessy says that uh, the changes increase the uh, attractive grip by f- over 50%, and the long bed will improve your cargo capacity by 45%, because you're really going to be hauling in that thing. What would you say the price is of the limited edition Velociraptor R6x6? What does it start at, Lightning? 165 $499,000. Oh, you were really close by Price I mean, is Right rules. What the hell is wrong with you? Come on. That's a lot of coin, dude. That's just, come on. Right. It's a lot of coin. <sighs> hey, Lightning, did you hear? No. Nope. Spy photos of the upcoming Ram Rampage or Dakota or... Ram 1200 or whatever all the rumor you want to follow uh, keep showing up, and now it's been seen in America. Does that mean that the Maverick and the Santa Cruz are going to have a competitor from Ram? Is is there going to be a unibody small pickup truck from Ram? Would you like to see it called Rampage? Would you like to see it called Dakota? I would rather... Is it happening? I like Rampage better. Okay. Why? Because Dakota is everyone's dog or daughter's name. Dodge Dakota, dude. Yeah, I get it. It's it's the family name. Nah. Rampage, cooler. Huh. All right. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? No. Nope. Did not hear. I don't think so. I mean, I guess I'm going to have to tell you then. Yes, please. You're you're not going to like this story. Are you going to tell me that the 2024 Ford F-250 with a 6.7 liter Power Stroke or 7.3 Gasser will come with a Tremor package and 37-inch tires straight from the factory? No lighting. What I am going to tell you about is the debut of the 2024 GMC Sierra HD 84X. It gets a uh, 1.5-inch lift and 35-inch tires from the factory. Nice. And the thing just looks like an absolute uh, beast. You get more skid plates, you get beefier rubber, you get the Multimatic DSSV dampers, which, again, used to be a Chevy exclusive. Now GMC gets it as well. You get a new e-locker in the back instead of the old, uh, you know, mechanical G80 style locker. You get uh, new upper and lower control arms, uh, upgraded steering knuckles, and uh, the thing is just an absolute beast. And if you want to go even further, they also just announced the AEV package. Oh, look at that bumper! Oh so my lord! So I'll, I'll put it up on the screen there. Yeah, there you go. I see it. Look there at the, are those? Oh, the, look at those AEV wheels. Damn, that yep. is a good looking truck. That looks like it's all modded, but it's from the factory that way. That's yeah. clean. It is one of the best-looking heavy-duty trucks I think I've ever seen. And what's amazing, look at the wheels. So these are AV wheels. These oh, are the, the Salta. Yeah. And they actually put Salta on the wheel. So not only do they say AV on them here, they also have the, the name of the wheel. I can't believe that they were able to get all that aftermarket branding. It's just It's just incredible. Um, look at that's they the new AT4X lineup. Yeah, no, I know they're going to sell the snot out of those trucks. Look at that. Oh, wow. dude, I'm I'm yeah. so stoked on this one. Uh, what GM is doing in the off-road space right now is is unbelievable. Not only did they kill it, they got the ZR2, and now they got a diesel ZR2. They've got the Colorado and Canyon. They've got the AV Bison editions on those trucks. The the half ton now the heavy duties are in on the party. Kudos to AV because uh, they are clobbering it out of the park. Announcement after announcement. When you choose the AV edition, uh, you get special badging. You get trim specific 18 inch wheels. You get their new steel bumpers with a uh, built in come up winch and uh, tow hooks. And then you also get additional uh, heavy duty skid plates. 
but all the trucks uh, gain a special uh, Obsidian Rush interior, which is uh, decked out with leather massaging seats and a lot of uh, luxury <laughs> adventure. So if the uh, stress of off-roading gets to you, you can just have your butt rubbed by your yeah. seats, which is Do we have any pricing for those things yet? Great. Uh, I don't think that they have announced pricing yet, but... Uh, Dude, look at... I'm going to show you some more photos here. They ain't going to be cheap. Hey, what do you think of... Since you're, while you're looking for that, uh, the pricing... Hey, what do you think about the uh, come-up winches? Because I've been hearing more and more about them lately. I'm not super familiar, of course. We all know the Warren name. But I feel like GM teaming up with come-up... Well, that's a come-up for come-up. Yeah, so uh, come-up winches is actually a, a really well-known brand internationally. Uh, come-up is their brand. They actually make a lot of other companies' uh, winches. As far as uh, Warren goes, you know, premium, premium. Uh, overseas, where maybe Warren, you know, outside of Australia and, and South Africa and other places, uh, like Southeast Asia, uh, the Come Up brand. I think the Scandinavian countries, there's a lot of Come Up winches up there. I learned about them about seven or eight years ago when they started making a push into the U.S. So it's it's a it's a really good product. Um, it's high quality. It's just uh, doesn't have a lot of brand recognition, but. When Warren is, you know, got to a point where they weren't catching up with supply during COVID, I know AV diversified by adding come up winches. So you may buy a Prospector XL or something like that. It could come with a come up or a Warren. And uh, having the come ups on the GMC, I think people are going to start seeing that brand recognition. So I've, I've got nothing bad to say about them. Um, I did a little research at Four Wheeler when they first came out. For GM to uh, partner with a brand like that, it's got to speak volumes. So. Yeah, obviously, uh, it's got to be, you know, integrated into the vehicle and it has to pass warranty and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, what's interesting, somebody was telling me that not only are the winches integrated into the GM products, but there's certain things like you can only use them when they're in park. And there's certain things that you can't do when the winch is operating. It's actually like not just mounted to the vehicle, safety, not just used you know, crash tests for airbags, but actually integrated into the electronics of the vehicle as well. So it's a it's a fully integrated solution. It's it's really cool. So do you think that this is going to be the ultimate Overland rig uh, right now? No. Do no. So think about this. I see this as being uh, just an off road rig. But check this out. Hold on. The HD Denali right comes in right now at ninety four grand. The Denali Ultimate. This is probably going to be more expensive than the Denali Ultimate. So does the AV now take over Denali at the top of the lineup for GM and pricing? I wonder. I mean, that's a huge for an aftermarket company to get that kind of branding and play on a signature vehicle. I think so, and I'll tell you why. Because after having spent some time with the Ultimate, it's not the Ultimate. <laughs> really? No, it's not. Interesting. It, it, listen, it's cool. Super thankful that one of our customers loaned it to us. Uh-huh. I'm not a fan, huh? But it didn't. Now it's it's it felt like it was missing. What was the ultimate is like the Denali laser etch and the wood grain, uh-huh. like the topographical maps and the leather was beautiful yep. and those types of things were quote unquote ultimate. But I didn't feel like the truck was ultimate. The kicker audio system in the uh, Swiss Army knife of a tailgate, like yep. that type of thing, that was cool. But I think this is next level. Hmm. This truck that I'm seeing on that screen right there. With all the AV bits, that's the top of the heap. Hey, Lighting, did you hear? I mean, no, no. Nope. So at the recent uh, unveiling for media of the GMC Sierra HD 2500 AT4X AV edition, breathe. Look what they towed in on a trailer. That is a truck on a trailer wrapped in a black sock. Well, a very, like a form-fitting car cover. So here's the deal. 
Yeah. That right there is the unannounced GMC Canyon AT4X AV Edition. And they quietly used that as a load when they towed with the HD, because it hasn't been announced. And our uh, our sluice on the ground confirmed 35-inch tires on a midsize truck from the factory. Wow. Those look huge on that truck. Yep. So this is, uh, everybody's guessing the AEV version. This here is yeah, the- Yeah, Goodyear the, Wranglers on there. Yeah. So th- this is the truck that got announced. So this is the regular AT4X. Look at how much ground clearance that thing has. So that has 33s. This is the standard truck. So look at these photos I'm showing you of the standard truck with 33s, right? It's, it's proportionally looks great, right? Sure. I mean, it's a good looking truck. And then look again, same truck, but with the form-fitting cover on it and 35s. Wow. I feel like that's got more than a solid 14 inches of ground clearance. I love the way that- Am I, am I off base there? Do you think it's got 14 yeah, it's inches? Yeah, probably 12, something okay. like that. But, okay. but I love the way that thing looks. Like stance-wise- Mid-size truck. I know Toyota's coming out and they're teasing photos, and this is kind of like the ultimate tease, not no pun intended, but they rolled in the actual truck with a truck cover just to tease the media. <laughs> hey, we're not going to show it to you yet. Don't Everybody, don't mind Can you the, imagine someone rolling over to that and just, just ripping it off? I mean, you would never get invited back anywhere no. ever, but it. could you imagine the, the issue that would cause? I got to say that, because all I'm looking at here is a is a truck under a car cover. You can't see it. It's the silhouette, you, but you can still see the, silhouette, the but wheels. I, look at I, the ground clearance. You got to tell me that, that does it. the front end looks like it could be a new Tacoma. Dude, it looks awesome. I think it looks better than the Tacoma. I'm not saying it doesn't look... I'm not saying it looks better or worse. I'm just saying the, the, the shape just saying is the front of the Tacoma. What's it's got coming, a big snout. What's coming from the factory these days in mid-sized trucks is yeah. pretty unbelievable. What's coming from the factory in half-ton trucks and heavy-duty trucks? Who would have thought when the Raptor came out back in, what was it, 2010, 2009, whatever it was, who would have thought that it would spurn an entire off-road, premium off-road package genre across the entire industry? There isn't one person that isn't playing in off-road packages and trucks right now. There's not one company. So, Holman, remember I told you that I was over at CJC Off-Road yep. looking at their new 2023 Ford F-250. Yep, and I asked you if you wiggled the bumper to see if it's as sloppy as the one at the auto show. So, I didn't at that time, but guess what? I picked it up this morning and I drove it to work. Did you wiggle the bumper? I did, and it's rock solid. Hmm, interesting. Rock solid. So, mm-hmm. I'm not sure what happened to the, the truck Pre- that pre-production, you saw. I'm sure. It must have been pre-production. Okay, Remember what I said about the 2024 Duramax, how it felt so fast on the on the freeway? Uh-huh. Nope. Not anymore? This Ford F-250 with the HO, the high output? Yep. Holy balls. I mean, you get to the point where- No, 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 no. 500 horsepower, 1,200 yeah. pound-feet of torque. Has that been announced yet? Is that- What do you mean? It's Yeah, it's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm rusty. I've been out of the loop for three months, dude. I've dri- listen. We have 13 diesel. You've seen our parking lot. Yeah, we got 13 All full size diesel pick every mo- every model of three quarter and one ton truck. Yep, this truck is stupid fast. Yeah, so CJC put 37s on it with a Carly lift kit. It breaks the 37s free effortlessly. I'm telling you, it's it's TRX fast. It's, uh, it's probably not. I mean, it probably it's feels not, that It's fast. not. It's because of it's that the torque. torque. If you have a Ram, sell it. 
if you, I'm telling you, if you have a Ram, it's just so freaking sluggish with that. It's a Ram's a great the truck. The interior so much better. It's this is really nice. It's not it's not leaps and bounds above previous Fords. It's still very a lot of flat surfaces and such, and it's not as inviting. As the Ram... Yeah, it feels more industrial or more work trucky. It's not as luxurious. It, it, it does. It, it feels Even when more they work do the luxury overlay on it, it doesn't have the same. Like a, the Denali's feel very luxurious inside the Rams. The, the Limiteds Agreed. are amazing. Agreed. The Fords are nice. Agreed. And Ford used to have the best interiors. They I did. don't think they do anymore. But dude, they just... This thing is so freaking wicked fast. If you can test drive one, do it. I've heard that they're coming into dealers really slow because there's so many 22s flooding the lots that we're not going to see a whole lot of 23s. I don't know if that's true or not, but balls fast. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? No. Nope. Speaking of uh, teasers, here's a picture of the new Tacoma. Another teaser released by Toyota. This With a time, JBL, what, what, what's the little JBL boombox doing? Little Bluetooth on, yeah. speaker on the tailgate, huh. right? Interesting. It snaps into the dash. Oh, it's your you center channel on the it. dash. Yeah, it's so cool. But that's not the coolest thing. Check this out. What is the coolest thing? Toyota, in the midst of all of their uh, little teasers, yep, apparently have announced. That the 2024 Toyota Tacoma will offer a six-speed manual. <gasps> what? So what? Currently, you can only get a manual in the Gladiator and what? the current Tacoma in Toyota. Apparently, is going to uh, offer the truck with a manual transmission. T H A N K Y O U. Thank you. So there's uh, no word yet on whether it's attached to the uh, hybrid four-cylinder that we're guessing is uh, is going to be in there, but um, I, I can't imagine that it's going to be attached to the current V6. So we'll have to see what transpires, but I'm excited that uh, Toyota is sticking with the manual, and uh, we've got an enthusiast vehicle that is going to be the gateway to many, many young people getting into off-roading and trucks, and they're going to be able to choose a manual transmission. That's really good news. All right. All right. I want to show you another picture. This one's uh, from our friends over at TFL Truck. Uh-huh. Our, it buddy, is a, our buddy Andre over there. It's apparently the new uh, Trail Hunter series that we talked about. <laughs> that, by the, the way, hold on a second. This is the ugliest camouflage. Yeah, it looks like, like it's draped in trash bags. It's draped in like a bad but, leather suit okay, in, in lighting. Like a horror movie. Stick with me for a minute yes. before you go off the rails. God damn, is that ugly. Stop it. <laughs> Listen to me for a second. That's Mad Max. Stop, Lightning. I'm trying to get a point across. Oh, my God. Lightning. Shut the F up. All right. Look at this camo. It's not quite as refined as the GMC AEV edition camo, but you can still see the outline of this truck, the stance, and the wheel and tire package. Based on only the camo of the new Tacoma and camo of that GMC, which one are you taking home? GMC. It's not even close. No. This thing looks like it has 33-inch tires, maybe. This truck has a, has a roof rack. And it, it looks low. Well, see, that's that's and it has a snorkel, rack. too. So yeah. you see the snorkel along the... What, what, that's why this is probably the Trail Hunter. Huh. So it's it's probably the, the Overland version that they're pushing. It has the ARB uh, bumper and tow hooks, which sounds awesome. 
But I got to tell you, if I'm going ARB versus AEV, I got to love that AEV stuff. ARB is good stuff, though. It's great stuff. I yeah. have I've used ARB for 20 years. I love ARB. Love everything about them. I think Toyota's genius for jumping in ARB. They have a huge Australian market for that truck. It's great. It's no different than GMC jumping into bed with AEV. I'm just saying these two trucks, both in camo, for us to guess and play with, that GMC on 35s, is, the stance is so right on. But this, this looks low. and it, uh, it just, I, I hear you. I hear you. We don't know if that's going to be the final tire no, I wheel package. I, but, I know. I got it. But this thing, dude, if you're a toy, it's a good time that's to be a Toyota fan. That's why I said specifically off these No, these I got photos. it. I got it. It's a risk, man. We yeah, said, you know why? Because you're going to get a fully boxed frame and rear discs. We said this like the last two years in a row. It's a really good time to be a truck enthusiast. It's it's an amazing time. It's an amazing time. All right, uh, Lightning, one last thing. Uh, did you hear? Oh, no. Nope, didn't hear. Apparently, uh, Toyota got an okay from California to sell hydrogen electric semi-truck powertrains. And they have done this, I believe, with a, a partnership with uh, with Packard. And I just got back from the ACT Expo here in Anaheim, California. Which what does is, that stand for? Uh, that stands for the Advanced Clean Transportation Expo. And our friends at Dana invited me, so we just did a huge walk around to the show today, and I got to see this hydrogen power plant in in person. This show is super rad. It had school buses and excavators and hydrogen and fuel cells and propane and natural gas and EVs and semi-trucks. And I, I saw our, our, I'll bring it up next week. Uh, let's just say we re-engaged Nikola in next what? week's episode. And come full circle on that. So really cool stuff happening there, but I had a chance to see this this powertrain. If you think about it, Toyota's been doing fuel cells at a smaller scale for, for like 30 years now. Yeah, well, they. I mean, the Mirai still sells, does it? Or, yeah, or, no, no, the Mirai. The Mirai still around, still right? Yeah, yeah. They, okay. The new one's gorgeous. They had one there. But the fact that uh, they're partnering with a big Class 8 uh, OE, you know, is, I think, pretty huge. So it's going to be interesting. What, can I ask you? Or are you going to tell us in the next show the general vibe to hydrogen fuel cells versus because the government, everyone's shoving electrification down our throats. Yep. Was there a general vibe at this show? Yeah, I, I think I think some of the big conversations surrounded infrastructure. What's interesting to me and the takeaway for me is in the comments off the record from a lot of people is the industry is moving way faster than infrastructure. And everybody was like, none of this stuff is realistic until we have a place to plug them in. Uh, a lot of people kind of quietly off to the side expressed that opinion, which I, I don't disagree with. I mean, I think some of the technology is great. It's like for me, a battery electric delivery truck that's going to go around the city, stop and go traffic, a school bus, like those are perfect battery use cases, right? There's no reason to have a diesel engine idling and all that stuff. But once you get out into the, or in the ports, for example, once you get out in the interstate, Battery doesn't make sense anymore. So that's when hydrogen fuel cell takes over. And I think hydrogen fuel cell for over-the-road truckers is going to be a pretty big deal. So we talked to Dana. We talked to Nikola. We talked to Toyota. Oh, and uh, I, I need to reconnect with Bollinger. Bollinger was there. And if you remember, we had Robert Bollinger on the show before a couple times. And we were talking about their B, his B1 truck. Mm -hmm. Well, they put the B1 and B2 aside to pivot to commercial vehicles. And they had their B4 on display. But behind the B4 was a B1 again. And I said, what's up with this? And they said, well, now that we're caught up with our engineering on the commercial vehicle, we're putting people back on the B1 project. No way. So it sounds like the, the consumer-facing part of Bollinger is going to be reactivated and B1 is going to have continued development. So 
Um, I gave them my card. I want to reach out to, uh, That's to great, Robert. We thought that were, it was dead. Yeah. And so I want to get him back on the show to talk about their pivot. And this time I will not ready. ask him how he pronounces his last name. Well, you, you can. Yeah, that was <laughs> embarrassing for me. <laughs> Hi, what's your, who are you? What do you do? I knew, but I just didn't know if it was Bowling or Bollinger. But by the way, that was really early on. We had Bollinger on when it, the company was in its infancy. Well, we were in our infancy. Well, both, yeah. yeah. We were just two babies. So, <laughs> in our diapers. It'd be nice to catch up. So I'm going to try and reach out to him because I would love to get the story on what's happened in the last three or four years since we uh, since we talked to him last, and I think that'll be cool. All right, now that the printer has stopped spinning out pages and pages and pages, it's time to read your email. You email? Yeah. I email. Do it. The uh, font size on these is not much better than the last time you printed. Nope. Oh, Lord. Uh, you want to start? You want me to start? Uh, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Frontier spotting is a subject line from uh, Tim Rolson. No dog at Holman. I wonder if he was a K-Rock fan or did I mention no dog? I'm, I think not, he I think he mentions it in the email. Yeah. Uh, so first... Thank you for reminding me of the No Dog reference and DJ Tweeter days a couple of uh, episodes ago. It was actually an old B-Team episode that turned me on to the Truck Show podcast a few years ago. Second. Uh, rest in peace, the B-Team. Yeah. Second, I need you to settle an argument. Oh, I like this. I have a 1976 Dodge Ram Charger, and my wife insists that it's not a truck. Your input will decide who's right. Third, attached is a picture of a Frontier taken from my daily, a 2022 Pro 4X. Lastly, as a SoCal native that has relocated to the Cincinnati area, sorry about that, I appreciate the California pompousness. All the talk about in and out makes me jealous and hungry every time. Thanks for the content, Tim Rolson. Oh, by the way, did you know that a new in and out has opened uh, exactly... 1.25 uh, miles from the pod shed? No. Right down there, dude. No kidding. Yep. Are we going there afterwards? I Just, he reminded me and I just thought, <laughs> hmm. I could use a, I don't think, I think it's too late right now to do a double-double. No, I can't do double-double, but no. I'll do a single. I'll do a single and uh, animal style fries. I like it. Ooh, that sounds so good right now. Uh, so, is the Ram Charger yes. a truck? Yes, absolutely. Really? Yeah. Why wouldn't it be a truck? So it's got body on frame. Okay, it's body on frame. It's four-wheel drive. It's a longitudinally mounted engine. It's got a cargo area, doesn't it? And the top comes off, so it's an open cargo area. The only mm. thing it's missing is the bed separate from the cab in that particular matrix. So, yes, it's a truck. It's not a pickup truck, but it definitely is a truck. Yeah. So, sorry, wife. You lose. <laughs> Do you think she'll let him listen to the podcast again, or is that not if she hears this? <laughs> yeah. no. Don't let her listen to this. Episode. And I'm gonna, Tim. Might I'm gonna put late. this email off to the side because I'm gonna send you some uh, TSP stickers. All right, uh, I got this one. Hey, my name is Cameron Williams. Hi, Cameron. Uh, first of all, love the podcast. Found the podcast after seeing you guys do a panel at SEMA. I like keeping up on the automotive news you guys put out. I've been in the truck accessories industry for 10 years, automotive for 20. I work at a place called Thunder Mountain Truck Outfitters, just a small business in Logan, Utah. We do lift kits for trucks, Jeeps, spinner vans, uh, steps, bed covers, and so on. It's a fun job tearing into brand new trucks and Jeeps. Back in October of 22, my Jeep that was my daily was totaled 
Not my fault. Ouch. With the money I got from that, I was able to find a 2020 GMC 2500 SLE Duramax. I didn't pay the inflated price like most were paying back then. After I got the truck, looking around under the dash, I found a surprise. A Banks pedal monster. It was a cool bonus that I didn't even know it had. So my question for you, what Banks product should I be putting on next? I know I want to get the exhaust, but wondered what else would be good. Thanks for your time. And uh, check us out at Thunder Mountain Truck Outfitters. Uh, and that's from uh, Cameron Williams. Uh, so first thing, Cameron, you need an iDash. 2020. I understand that. Yep. So you need an iDash Data Monster or an iDash Super Gauge. They're both identical with the addition of the data logging feature in the Data Monster. Now, why do you need an iDash? It'll allow you to control that pedal monster that you got for free as an added bonus right from your dashboard or wherever you decide to mount the iDash. You can control the levels of the pedal monster, city sport track, etc. And you can choose from hundreds of parameters to also display. So it'll show you all the stuff that your dashboard doesn't. So that's what I would add first. As far as performance for your 2020, I would start with the I'd start with the Derringer because it's you can never have enough power. 81 horsepower, 144 pound feet of torque, and it's awesome for towing. So if you got uh, any kind of a travel trailer, fifth wheel, whatever. The Derringer's a must. Then you go to the Ram Air Intake and then the Monster Exhaust in that order. Made in China is the subject line from uh, Trevor. Uh, let's see here if I can read the small type. I'll reserve my comment. First, I'd be curious what your Holman argument would be mm -hmm. if you were to defend your Apple Homer stance, but at the same time, push back on Lincoln doing the same thing as Apple. Okay, so we so, talked about it last episode. Yeah. Lincoln is bringing a Chinese-built car to America, and I took umbrage with that. And Trevor, I don't like your tone. I think <laughs> that you're being passive-aggressive, and uh, I can absolutely defend that. I don't have an American-made phone choice, period. Lincoln, right, there is no Motorola, and even if there no, was, Motorola the, was... Everything's built overseas. Yeah. There, there is no choice. I, and I want to have an iPhone, and Apple ecosystem is what I'm into, and that's what I'm stuck with. However, I don't have to buy a Chinese car. And if there was an American phone, I would probably consider that. But there's not. There's not an option. So to me, that's my defense right there, is I have the choice. I bought an American-made Jeep that was built in Toledo, Ohio. So before you say, well, put your money where your mouth is, I... Literally just did less than six months ago, and it's sitting in my driveway. And don't be jealous. It's awesome. So, Holman, what you're saying to Trevor is... You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. I uh, am saying good day, sir. You lose. You get nothing but my answer and opinion. I've got this one here from Colby White. Uh, says, Holman in Idaho? And uh, he says, I was uh, out checking fishing licenses on ice fishermen, you know, uh, game warden thing. When I come around the corner and I see this, and in the middle of a snow-covered frozen lake is a big, giant wiener <laughs> shape. Yep. Hoping Actually, not a wiener, but no, a, a, a drawing. shape, yes. Uh, uh, yeah. And uh, Colby says, uh, I immediately start looking for a 392 Jeep and Holman never found him, but it sure looks like his work. Holman, you traveled through southeast Idaho recently? If so, keep up the good work. Uh, I will uh, cop to nothing. Uh, as uh, my friend Vern Simons uh, once said uh, when somebody asked him a particular question about one of his Jeep projects, you cop? Which is funny to me. I think Holman's got a staff. He's got minions out there working for him. Uh, I mean, that would be awesome. I'd have him working on the show if that was true. Yeah. Uh, this one's from Seth Anderson. Hey, Lightning, still having sticker supply issues? LOL. Just checking on my stickers. 
No, I sent them out in batches, and I haven't got to your batch yet. It is happening. We There is proof that stickers are going out. I'm just uh, not efficient. And he reattached the uh, Nissan Frontier. He, want, he really wants that sticker. He's yeah, trying to he, prove to you. So here's the photo of the Nissan Frontier. It's shot through his truck. By the way, if you're new to the show, we are still doing a Frontier spotting. And what that is is you take a photo of a Nissan Frontier out in the wild from the cab of your truck, and you email it to truckshowpodcast at gmail.com, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com, and I, Lightning, send you a sticker, allegedly. Are you talking about the one from Ryan Holyoke that says, Good morning, on my way to work in my 22 Ford F-350 Crew Cab 4x4, and I caught this guy coming up my side in my mirror and snapped a quick pick. I'm a huge Nissan fan. My wife drives a Titan every day to work. This is our second Titan. We also owned a Frontier. Currently also have a 2015 Infiniti Q50 in the driveway as well. We love Nissan quality and reliability. I only have 25,000 miles on my Ford and it's already going to the shop for three different issues. Shake my head. My wife has had her 2017 Nissan Titan since 2019 and the only thing I've done to the truck is change the battery and buy a set of tires. Love the show, and thanks for all the great content. And uh, sure enough, that is a uh, a Frontier, a lifted Titan, a Q50, and uh, that was uh, from Ryan Holyoke. Quite so a garage he's got there. Thanks, brother. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email if you've got uh, Frontier spotted in front of you. Snap that photo. Send it to us, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll send you off a sticker. The truck show, the truck show, the truck show, oh, oh. And you can find us on the social. He is at LB Sliding. I'm at Sean P. Holman, and we are at Truck Show Podcast. Won't you give us a follow? Uh, give us some reviews also. We would love to get your five-star reviews on uh, Apple or Spotify or Google. I, I don't know. Is Google doing it yet? I don't know I if can't Google keep track does it. of who's well, the good. ones that really matter still are Apple. And Even Spotify, though like, Apple does not give back to their podcasters, <laughs> no. like they don't do squat no. for guys like us. No, they don't. Uh, Spotify, but we still need them. But by the way, Spotify, I'm on like this mailing list, and they're always sending me stuff like, "How do we get your podcast to more people? How do we help? What do you like? What do you not like?" Yeah. Apple's like, "Kick rocks, buddy." Yeah, they're like, "We don't need you. Yeah. We don't even like you." The problem is. That's where the ratings all come from yeah. is Apple. So yeah. please go and most of the traffic. Yeah, use your Apple Podcast app and leave us a five star review. And if you if, if you're so inclined, leave some comedy, make some make a funny, or leave some comedy on 657-205-6105. Five star hotline needs you. The five star hotline wants to hear from you, and we do too. <laughs> so you can hit us up there or email, of course, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, lightning at truckshowpodcast.com and Holman at truckshowpodcast.com if you want to reach either of us individually. And uh, you can slide into old Lightning's uh, DMs or shoot him a note and he'll give you a winky winky mm. on some uh, Banksy Banksy products. Yep, I, I, I did it and I'll do it again. Holman, I got a double dog dare for you. You ready? Yep. I dare you to have another swig of that chicken cock, whatever it's called, Yep. as you do the Nissan plug. Why would I do it while I'm doing it? I just, I want to see how it goes. Like, meaning, oh, there it is. I'm curious if the, uh, if it starts out smooth and then it gets rocky as the, uh, the sponsor mentioned goes on. I haven't had one iota of change in anything. I just, I drank it. It was, that was, a, what do you think that is? Ounce and a half? Uh, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Probably ounce, ounce and a half. half yeah. It's got a good nose to it. That's what it's called when you smell it? Mm-hmm. Got a good nose to it. Let's see here. Definitely some uh, some good notes. In the- oh, 
that reminds me. I have something that you need to try. Maybe next week. From Nashville Barrel Company, Cherry Dr. Pepper Bourbon. <gasps> well, really? Yeah. That does sound like it's it uh, my smells cup of tea. like Cherry Dr. Pepper. Why can't I try it now? Because oh, I don't have it out here. It's oh, in, I see. It's in the house. Got it. It's where many other bottles live. I just have a, a you know a selection out here. All right. Bottoms up. I, I, I've already finished my thimble full over here. Mm, sorry. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm scared of this stuff. You sucked it down. God, done. You're a trooper. Ooh. That's nice. All right, Nissan. Uh, all right. If you're looking for a half ton or a mid-sized truck... What are you laughing about? Just, I can see you puckering. You think I'm going to just like fall apart because I had some whiskey? <laughs> no, but it was funny watching you pucker. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Lightning, do you need that guy to tell you to be quiet again? Lightning, 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 light, lightning. All right, all right, all right. I get okay. it, I get it, I get right, it. Let's, get just, it. Let's, let's thank our friends at Nissan. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they've decided to hang out with us for another year, dude. That's a that's a huge commitment to the show, and we'd like you guys to, uh, to make a commitment uh, back to us that you'll at least go down to your local Nissan dealer and... If you're in the market for a truck, just test drive the Frontier, test drive the Titan, just give them a shot. Just sink into those zero gravities. Yeah, turn up the Fender audio system, throw some stuff in the bed with the spray and bed liner and Utilitrax you know, rails, and Titan, Titan XT, five-year, 100,000-mile warranty. Nobody in the industry touches that. So you can uh, build and price and find out all the features and everything you need to know about trim models and pricing at NissanUSA.com. And if you've got a full-size, three-quarter, or half-ton diesel pickup truck, there is no better place on the planet to shop for performance parts than BanksPower.com. Simply type in your year, make, and model, shop for your Ram Air intake, shop for Ram Air diff covers, shop for intercoolers, boost tubes, and more. It's all at BanksPower.com. Engineered for performance your butt will appreciate and fuel economy your wallet will thank you for. And if you've uh, been let down by blown-out stock shocks, head over to BillsteinUS.com. Whether you've got a daily driver, a truck that tows, or an off-road vehicle, Billstein has direct replacement and upgraded performance shocks. Even if you have a lift, you can take off those crappy old white shocks and throw on a set of monotubes on there. Billstein is the inventor of the monotube shock, and they make some of the best products in the business. Billstein shocks for your truck are specifically tuned to your application, and you'll be hard-pressed to find a better product out there. I trust Billstein on my builds. You should trust them too. BillsteinUS.com. And you know what's better than getting lost out in the wilderness or in the desert? Not getting lost out in the wilderness or in the uh, desert. That definitely sounds better. <laughs> you know what will keep you from getting lost is OnX. If you go to OnX Off-Road, you'll find the best mapping system available. It works across platforms. It works with CarPlay and Android Auto. It syncs seamlessly across all of your devices so you can sit at home and then beam it, basically, to all of your other devices. And it so, syncs automatically. Yeah, you don't even automa- have to do anything. Oh, you're right. It is automatic, yeah, isn't you, it? You can create a, a route with the new route builder feature on your laptop, and it'll automatically assure across all of your devices that and are logged in. you can share it with your friends, too. And you can share it with your friends. Uh, Onyx Off-Road Elite for $99.99 a year uh, has a bunch of features. You get nationwide private land boundaries and ownership info. So, you can so wait, do, then do I know if I'm running across the Holman mining claim out in uh, <laughs> 395? Uh, it won't be my name associated with it. But, uh, yeah, if you were to go across uh, Rancher Holman's property, uh, you would know when he uh, can shoot and not shoot. Does uh, it say you. Rancher Holman? Uh, no, it does not. <laughs> you can try Onyx Off-Road for free for seven days, and you can upgrade to Premium for $29.99 a year or Elite for $99.99 a year. Elite offers all the features of 
premium, including property boundaries, landowner names, lot info, and a bunch of elite benefits. Onyx Off-Road is my app of choice for planning my next adventure, and uh, it could be yours if I invite you along and send you a link. I don't think you will. I won't, but I'm just saying, in theory, it I could, could do that because could. it's super easy won't, to do. Won't, but could. But could, yeah. I, I yeah it's like just that. like SUVs in the 90s. I'm never going to take it off-road, but I could. Onyxoffroad.com. And to sign off, just remember one thing. Thanks for watching, and remember, everything matters. The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Truck Famous LLC. This podcast was created by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please open your Apple Podcast or Spotify app and give us a five-star rating. And if you're a fan, there's no better way to show your support than by patronizing our sponsors. Some vehicles may have been harmed during the making of this podcast. If you want to be in step with the latest in on-road transportation, you need a mini truck with a tilt bed. Trucks that dump have been around for a while, but the latest tilt to the side, to the corner, and even go straight up. But you know what they say about things that go up. It's just that sometimes they need a little help. <laughs>